Welcome, everybody. I'm okay. Dave O'Brien. Welcome to New York. Let's, uh, it's let's the lower New York those uh, those audios down for the background, and we'll just have me and Charles Blabber here. This is Francisco, everybody, for Sports Goose number 70. So, Hello, everyone. It's just me and Charles today. Andrew has some business to take care of. A little boy's growing up there. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's uh he's in the zone right now. He's uh he's got one week until the bar exam, and and he's gonna go out there and he's gonna kill it. So we're gonna let the man do what he needs to do. We'll send good vibes his way as he prepares. But uh, well, how you doing, Charles? I'm good. It is very busy today. For I had to give like my first ever speech in front of other attorneys and other lawyers about my program, what I do. So it's weird trying to describe the law and then also the other things that I do. So it's kind of like we're young guys. We I've only been barred for four years. You're about three, three and a half, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of surreal to have to go in front of people. Who have been probably in the profession double the triple amount the times that you've been doing it maybe seven times the amount so i feel like this might be what it's like when a guy who is in basketball who's only like 23 years old is talking to the college basketball guys who are only four years younger than him explain what greatness is and how to achieve it <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i i i hear you i mean it's kind of weird uh what uh, we got some little league baseball oh, I, I, Little League Baseball happening with the Barlins and Blue Jays game on the bottom right corner. So we are showing the game on the bottom right. I'm paying attention to that. First bu first Major League game in Buffalo since 1915. And once again, if you're... Uh... Okay. Okay, he embellished that. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> if you're... Uh... Uh, sorry, I, I have, uh... I'm just watching what's going on. There's some replay stuff. Some interference possibly happening right here, but... Um... I have no idea where my train of thought was. Oh, yeah, if you're watching our uh, our broadcast to watch the baseball game on the bottom right corner, you've got problems because you can barely see that. In any case, uh, yeah, Charles, it's, it's kind of interesting when you're you're trying to teach people that you just uh, you just came into the job yourself, really. It's like, oh, well, uh, and you're already kind of an expert. It's like, oh, well, I've done, I've, tr let's see, how many cases have I done? I mean, it's got to be more than 100 at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I mean, just I mean, clients alone, it's definitely been more than a hundred. But I'm just saying, like, triple many, it really for every how, consultation that you've had. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, as far as like actually going to court and stuff, it's yeah, it's been way more than a hundred. I would say, at this point, for me. Interesting um, dynamics, right? Interesting dynamics. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I didn't even expect to be doing that out of law school. To be like, I didn't think I'd be, uh, but so active in my first three years of being a lawyer but apparently i am and and well i'm, I'm still getting paid for it so i must be doing something right there you go see it's just the stereotypes it's like that quarterback that you draft in the first round but you're like hey we're gonna sit you and it's like no we suck we need him next man up yeah daniel uh, jones i mean we'll talk about sports people don't worry there's plenty to go around it's a two-hour show is... Life is all about the circle, as a certain man once told us, and sports and law apparently is part of the circle, whether we like it or not. So, uh, also in the background, we've got, uh, what is this, High Heat Major League Baseball 2002? Dreamcast PS2? P 
PS early PS2. Yeah, I, I remember it fleetingly. Yeah, so and we've got that in the background here. Um, so enjoy, enjoy the er, yeah the early PS2 graphics, which uh, basically are enhanced N64 <laughs> graphics. To be the, honest, the the N64 without the nightmare. Exactly, without the the blurry, muddy mess that it was. Uh, we love you, N64. In any case, yeah, uh, yeah, you've been gaming too. I, 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 I downloaded on Switch eShop because um, you know I always hop on there to see what's 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 on sale. You know, I'm have afraid all those, to. I mean, they I'm have all those in, those indie games. Like suddenly they're like half off, and it's like, well, I can't A say no to this. <laughs> Five bucks for Celeste, and you're sitting there like, oh boy. There's one game called uh, was it? adrenaline rush miami drive or something it's 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 almost basically like a phone style game but it was 39 cents and i have like some you know coins left over from uh the, you know the rewards program so it was basically free i'm like okay well i downloaded it it's actually pretty fun i uh, it has motion controls it's it's a simple you know go left go right avoid cars hit police cars you know type of thing uh, have a nice aesthetic, very uh, Miami Vicey aesthetic, which I like. So and, like my Miami kind of vibe. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know the the Miami Vice, Miami Heat Vice uniforms type of look to it. Right. And uh, but there is a, in, in uh, a, a glaring, a, a glaring uh, error in the accuracy of the game, because th- there's a certain point when you're you're driving down. Uh, where the, you know the cars are moving left and right, so you, you know you, you got to move out of the way because usually they're driving straight and then eventually they start moving left and right on you. Uh, the the cars put on their turn signals, which is definitely <laughs> definitely not something that happens in Miami. Hell no. So I, I'm just saying to the developers, if and maybe maybe as you move further in the game, I don't know, maybe the, the turn signals are turned off. Which would be accurate to Miami, but I'm just saying, you know. Do they have them waiting for a second at red lights too? Because that's inaccurate uh, beyond well, belief. It's well, there's nothing like that. But I'm just saying, turn signals, Miami, uh, they do not go together. Unfortunately no. for me, I'm like the only guy in Miami that uses them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we should talk about sports, right? I guess. Well, let's. Well, well, sports are happening. Sports are happening. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, how should we lead this dance? Because so much has happened. Uh, and at the last episode, we kind of left off at the NFL. And since you and I kind of hit more on the NFL than Andrew does, I feel like we should kind of talk about the NFL. And the then fact that the NFL the is not ready for the virus and at is all. about to have possibly a more disastrous outcome than Major League Baseball has. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's that's that's a great leeway to it, right? So everybody, this is about how Roger Goodell and the NFL got people sick. Uh, and the funny thing is, like NFL players have been asking for a long time about protocols and what are they going to do about it. There was no massive labor issue that Major League Baseball had, and yet here we are. There's still what I mean. There's still no real training camp happening. All the preseason games aren't happening right now. So, One month away. Yeah, what's, what is going on 
Well, it seems like it's a self-governing body there, buddy, because there's rumors that the Cowboys are creating their own uh, bubble. I don't know how you would institute that unless you live in Jerry World. Um, well, but it's – hold on. I'm, the Cowboys bubble? Well, Jer- you have Jerry World. I don't know how close their practice facility is. And you have the now abandoned old Texas Rangers stadium, which uh, was an XFL stadium. So they could theoretically host uh, several games for well, both facilities. They're aiming from the article to set up their summer home at the five-star Omni Hotel that is next to the Cowboys practice facility. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. That's good for you for the eight games that you would have playing home, right? Right. It's not like the NBA or the NHL that has designated one spot for everybody to interact. You're still going to be traveling. You might not have the most safe measures. And if you were traveling, it's going to be a little bit more long-winded because I can't imagine that we're going to be getting flights anymore unless we're going from East Coast, West Coast, vice versa. It's going to be yeah. those um, those long bus rides that are exhausting, that are touring. I mean, good on the players, but this is not really a solution that the players should have initiated um, to begin with. It should have been something that the combination of the NFLPA and then the owners with Goodell should have had an idea because we talked about it, I think, the last time before our show went off for the hiatus for the season premiere um, was that you've had the luxury of having knowledge of this COVID pandemic, how it would apply, and you have chosen to not do anything about it to really implement a plan. And yeah, even I would say the idea of the bubble when it first came in was silly, right? Because it had never been done before. And I'm a very literal person, so I think of a bubble, so I think of like the big under the dome Stephen King effect. Yeah. but it's working. The people who there hasn't really been any positive testing amongst the star players. And mind you, this was the yeah. sport that had to cancel their season because dudes got sick. Yeah, I mean, um, the NBA hasn't had a player test positive in their bubble. The NHL, which has two locations, hasn't had a player test positive in their bubble either. So it is, for now, the best solution. Yeah. And then comes the NFL, a game where everybody's touching each other. Like you have the front lines above the defensive line, defensive tackle touching each other, I, squaring just, each other up. I, it's not even that, really. It's it's not the because you know the NHL is full of contact too. It's the amount of people yeah. that are going to be involved. I mean, the NHL has, like I said, the roster is about twenty three to twenty five players. And then you have coaches and staff, and and then the outside staff, league uh, league officials, and hotel official uh, workers, and restaurant workers, and uh, any maintenance people. Just there's so many in the Toronto and Edmonton bubble, but it's working that way. All right, so you've got I don't know, maybe let's just say a thousand people in each one, in each one, and I mean that's that's a lot to account for, but they're they're doing it. And they're finding a way. The same thing for for the NBA. But NFL teams, thirty two teams, fifty three players on each roster, and maybe they let them expand a little bit for you know sickness purposes. You get some they extra. They kind of have to. Yeah, you know, get some. I don't know, an extra ten 
20 you're players? Be pulling, Who knows? You're going to be pulling the NBA stuff where they would have emergency... Um, you see it more with NBA and some NHL versus the pro, like pro football and pro baseball where they would have the um, hardship where they would try to yeah. get additional players if they're capped out. Um, you know, uh, Didn't they do it with... I forgot his name because I know he's the hockey guy, but that's when they had a steal homeboy on the Zamboni. Oh, uh, well, the NHL has the emergency backup goalie, and that's like for every game. But that's, uh, but that's still something I would even yeah. say, you know, because you might have – there's a possibility you could have that situation, right, with the with the NFL. Not that you're going to have Joe Schmo out there to be playing wide receiver, but you're going to have to be requiring for hardships because if everybody ends up getting it at a period of time and just intensifies and does all this stuff, it's just interesting of how you could be so ill-prepared. So it's going to be that time where, like, you hope for any team for them to be successful – that whole mantra of you're only as good as the next man up, you really hope you have great backups to your running back, to your quarterback, and some teams are established like that, but not every team is great with backups of corners and safeties because if they were great, they would be starting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just find it incredibly irresponsible of Goodell and the mm-hmm. NFL to have had all of this time. Damn near negligent at this point. To, and not have plan B in place. Because, and especially given the trend, it wasn't like the virus disappeared on everybody for like a month and it's like, okay, now we're reopening. And then, no, it, it never went away. Things have gotten worse. You know, this. Uh, the problem was they had players who got it in the offseason. Von yeah. Miller caught it in the offseason. And Von Miller, love you, Von. If you listen to us, thank you. Yeah, if you're out there, Mark. you can play the Elder Scrolls online for free this weekend. All but right. he didn't. he didn't suffer any severe impairments to his body or damage or death and yeah. everybody loves a martyr right because a martyr is a part of the change and mm. Vaughn Vaughn's the only like big name I can recall for the NFL and he's a star player I think people forget that like he is legitimately one of the best defensive edges or outside linebackers whatever the position they have him on on that team now but one of the best pass rushers and you know he just didn't feel he, I, I like to read how the stars um, or the superstars of the players dealt with their with their COVID situation, like Freddie Freeman and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't have anything happen to him. That should have been the first start to, like, let's do an extra precaution because right. it could be just something that, that wipes out. Because here's the thing. You have the the – football's so weird, man, because you have the quarterback room. So it's not just your starter. It's the backup. It's the third string if they have the third string. It's the clipboard guy on the practice Yeah, squad. imagine if uh, – let's see. Uh, imagine if uh, Patrick Mahomes – suddenly got it and he has to be quarantined i mean that would and it's over and, and, like let's take a look at the marlins example the uh they're still testing the guys who are here in miami and uh quarantined at the moment and so far none of them have tested negative twice in a row and right now that's what they're looking for in order to get them to uh, uh be able to leave their hotel and be able to go to jupiter to at least start uh, practicing again and that hasn't happened so imagine in what it's almost been gosh we're three almost, weeks almost yeah three weeks now almost a month uh, a week from now since the marlins got it uh, could you imagine the nfl that's four i mean sheesh uh and that's four games really reschedu- possibly yeah but you can't even reschedule games yeah because that's the one thing that nba nhl and mlb have talked about they have the luxury of this is a sport where we have many days of the week to catch up. You yeah. can't do that. I mean, you know, the Marlins played 
a four-game series against the Orioles in in three days, a doubleheader, the seventh inning, the seven-inning doubleheaders that they're instituting now. So they haven't even brought that as a proposition. What would happen if they have to play games? I guess no bye weeks, which is fine. But this this virus takes much more than just a Sunday to fish out on if there's a big contamination and a big oh, exposure. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No, I mean, I'm just thinking. Look, it's happened to two major league baseball teams now. Two. Yeah. And you know, NFL players aren't known historically for uh, their great behavior. Are they right? getting chicken wings at Magic City with Lou yeah. Williams? And, and Lou Williams, I mean, that, and that's an NBA player now. Imagine NFL players. And a lot of NFL players, they love strip clubs. Yeah, but there's no silent. Has Goodell even addressed the possibility of what punishment would look like if you go outside the practices, if they even have standards I mean, I don't of practices or standards of procedures? I, I can't That's, say because I can't folks, say this that is when we get lawyers. If should we be mention standard procedures, I, like I don't think a player should be punished for being infected. I think the fact that they got infected is punishment enough because they're not going to play. But I'm talking about right. if they go, if there's, if there is a dialogue of do not do this, stay within your room. If they impose those kind of sanctions, and we don't know because they do not have protocol, they don't have standard procedure. If I'm wrong, someone out there link it to us so we can eat the humble pie. We've got a, we've got a uh, a Discord message. I don't know who's that. Is that Freddie? JD or... Chambo. Ah, uh, who's that? Is that Freddie or is that uh? You or I'm not sure who it is, but hold on. Oh it, yeah, why well, watch the, overtime why? hockey when you can simply snort cocaine and find a motorcycle out of a <laughs> and ride a motorcycle out of a helicopter? Yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, playoff hockey's been that's good. probably BU if he's mentioning hockey. So yeah, I no, miss you, BU. Jump on because uh, freaking the Leafs and the Jackets right now are in triple overtime. It's two two. And this is just game one of their series, and we've talked about it before. And you know, Andrew, if you're if you're listening out there, dude, um, uh, this is the stuff that you fear, because the Jackets somehow they know how to play Tampa Bay. They seem to be the matchup that, regardless of uh, whether uh, Panarin or Bobrovsky are gone, either way, the Jackets just give. A hard time to Tampa. They know how to play them, and it is absolutely amazing. Honestly, and I, I hate to say it uh, for Andrew's sake, but kind of see, I kind of want to see the Jackets win this one. <laughs> oh, don't, don't say that to him. He was so crestfallen. I, I love the controversy, and I, as a Panthers fan, uh, I'm never on the good end of uh, NHL playoff games. If we ever even have a playoff game, so. It, I don't know. It, the anguish sustains me in a way of, see, of, for, of, of, of especially good teams, you know. See, for not being a big follower, and I like hockey. The hard part is is that when you're not televised a lot, I don't get the opportunity to watch you. What am I supposed to do? It's not so much of basketball trumps it during the season because there's bad basketball games. The Heat oh, yeah. has opponents that you just don't want to watch, you know. And I, I don't necessarily, I, I, as a basketball fan, you want the primetime games too. I don't need to watch Sun Network for every single Heat game. But you, you and what we do with sports groups, you want to also expand your knowledge. So it's always kind of difficult. I do have the GameCast on ESPN going on so I can watch it because 
I I want Andrew to be happy, but I also want to rib him a little bit because last year was kind of great. Remember when they were losing, and in the chat, it's just like no, no, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. I'm like I live for that because that was me with the AL. I, that was uh, CS. I was like, that's basically mm. uh, yeah. It was basically like uh, Virginia versus uh, UMCB or UCMB, whatever that, that college was. Yeah, we, um, we, we like to rip each other. Like, there we go. And, and that's why I can find when I'm in the casual component of a sport that I, I don't normally follow by I enjoy, I'll typically, you want to know how you find fandom? You root for who your friends like, right? Unless there's a player that you know that's just purely despicable. That's always kind of like the entry way. You know, your friends are your gateway drug to other sports, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's still 2-2. Two, two, 15 four. I mean, sheesh. Uh, it is just, it is a war whenever there's a NHL playoff game. I mean, right now, there's two. I mean, there's uh, Calgary and Dallas. That's three to two right now. Now, it's official now. This is like official Stanley Cups. I know when we talked about last week, you guys had to educate me a little bit because I wasn't in full know of how they were proceeding it. But we're done with the round round robin stuff. So, yeah, we're done with the Stanley Cup qualifiers. I mean, I know we're getting off of our NFL stuff. But yeah, we'll come there's back no real it. structure to this show right now yeah. anyways. We're just There's no real structure play. in the NFL. That's our whole. That was our ten to fifteen minute segment. They don't have structure. We're just following as the leaders yeah. tell us. Yeah, Roger Goodell, get your get your get get your crap together, man. Here, here, this is where I'll this is where I'll end the NFL point for my part for two seconds. So yeah. your boy is doing something that he had initially not done for about six years, I think. I'm getting back into fantasy football. So my – and I'm doing it because the lawyer and then my paralegal are in it, so they just needed a body. So I just want to be there to kind of like I've been retired from that. And I take no joys. I've won championships. This is great. It's just basically I'm pulling my inner Jordan out, but I'm not here to win championships. I'm just showing you how you know big my penis is in this sense. You're like, this is who we are. I, but I, I feel like Roger Goodell is basically SpongeBob in the procrastination episode. Oh God, he really is. He's just got the right now. Yeah, he's got he no time. <laughs> guys. He doesn't even have the T. That's giving him way too much credit. Um, so I'm hoping in the future where we'll have a little sports goof recap of Charles's bad drafting, Charles's bad fantasy days, because I'm just gonna have fun with it in and of itself. And maybe because we know we know this is true, uh, fantasy football brings out the super casuals because the gamblers really. Yeah. But that that's the fun expectation. But hockey. You gotta explain to me this, because this is when we can go a little bit back so and I can fill in the Andrew rule. So, all right, so there's a lot of things. All right, so if we're gonna go into hockey right now, I'm let's do it. Let's do it. What's happening in this uh, in the NHL bubble? Because we've got we had the playoffs, we had the draft lottery, and you kind of didn't understand what was going on there when I was complaining about the New York Rangers. All right, so uh, of course NHL instituted the two bubbles. You got Toronto for the Eastern Conference, uh, Edmonton for the Western Conference. And uh, they they invited 24 teams to the bubbles, 12 on each side. The top four teams in the standings for each conference, they got to be in the round robin, basically for seeding purposes. They were going to make the playoffs anyways. So we're just going to figure out who's number one, two, three, and four. That's it. So there's that. Following that, you had the rest of the teams. And that's when you had the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which was what my Florida Panthers were doing. And uh, miserably lost to the New York Islanders in four games. They probably shouldn't even won one. They got lucky that they won one. And so uh, that is over now. All right. Mm-hmm. That is over now. We have our, our... So let me ask you this before you go on to with the diatribe. 
how do you feel being able to just kind of touch greatness a little bit, knowing that you're part of the qualifier, which is basically playoff light? Do you feel that means something to your team? It meant nothing for the Florida Panthers. Okay, so essentially, to cross-brand it, it is essentially winning a division in the NBA, being central champion. Champ not even <laughs> It's not even matter. that. It's not it's like it's basically the Orlando Magic getting invited to the NBA bubble, but only by virtue of the fact that they're Well they're seven seed. Actually it might even feel like seed. the Washington Wizards, like uh, yeah. you got Wizards you invited us? Yeah. Know. Sorry. Like, yeah, I, it, the Panthers have You're you're only picked last on the dodgeball team because you yeah. need to fill out the numbers essentially. Exactly. No, the, the Panthers shouldn't have made any semblance of what you would call a playoff. I don't even know if they're gonna they're gonna even count this as a playoff appearance because the Panthers are one of the few teams in the NHL that makes it hard to actually make the playoffs. I mean, they they make it seem like it's a daunting task, let alone win a playoff series, which they haven't done since Keenan and Kel uh, started playing on Nickelodeon. So, um, it was uh, it, it wasn't good. It just wasn't good for the Panthers. Now, for other teams like the Blue Jackets, who are in this fight against Tampa right now, it it basically uh, uh, you know validates them as a legit playoff team. And look what they're doing, man! They're doing damage. It's it's hey, the NHL. It's the hockey playoffs. I mean, eight seeds beat one seeds in the NHL. It's not like the NBA. And this is terrible because for Andrew, this was his equivalent of Painmakers of Renshaw 2020. Oh yeah, with the NHL spin because we've all kind of been there. Maybe that's a segment when he comes back. I definitely want to talk about what's the team that you definitely wanted to avoid every time in the playoffs, and if they had your number for years. Because spoiler for the Yanks, it was that year where it was the Angels from like '02 to like '07 before we got revenge uh, in 2009. And and well, I mean, like I said, it validated like the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, they didn't even. Even their starter that they had been starting for so long, uh, Elvis Merzlikens, he's not even starting now. They have the backup Corpusella there, and he's killing it right now. So uh, it's just frustrating for Tampa. It doesn't matter who Columbus is throwing out there. They're finding a way to keep pace with them, and we'll see what goes down. 12-3 left in triple overtime. Uh, as far as other teams are concerned, I mean, Montreal beating Pittsburgh, that was a, that was a surprise. The Penguins have had a... Uh, powerhouse team in the since well i mean she's uh, the last decade or so and this might be the first crack in that championship window that the first uh the, the first instance that that might be closing uh mm-hmm. so there's that uh, i'm just gonna go series by series here i'm not gonna go super deep into it um but uh so you have that you have the um uh, on, let me go back, go back. Uh, the New York Rangers against, uh, gosh, the New York frickin' Rangers. Uh, despite the fact that they were the first team eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs by uh, losing the Carolina Hurricanes, the bunch of jerks, well, they were the beneficiaries of the draft lottery. So, Charles, in a normal year, the NHL has a draft lottery, like the NBA. You know, they. Uh, the worst teams, the teams that didn't make the playoffs, each have a percentage of a chance. The worse you are, the higher percentage that you get the number one pick. That's on a normal year. And 
This time they had two draft lotteries. The first one was to determine if uh, one of the worst teams that didn't make the playoffs or this bubble that, that weren't in the bubble were going to be the number one pick. And it turned out that they weren't. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Kings are, ended up with the, uh, the second pick uh, out of that. So it meant that one of the bubble teams would get the number one pick. The Detroit Red Wings were the worst team by far in the NHL, but they somehow weren't able to get either number two or number one pick. So that's that's what sucks for them. And so the NHL, after all the bubble teams were eliminated, uh, or the qualifying teams were eliminated, they had a second draft lottery where the Rangers and the Panthers and the Penguins and a bunch of other teams that that normally wouldn't even be in a conversation for a number one pick are. And so the New York Rangers won. There was some controversies. A lot of people think it was rigged. Rigged. Because. Just like Zion going to New Orleans. huh? Uh, people are saying this is Patrick Ewing going to the Knicks. And like I said before, uh, Gary Bettman learned under David Stern. He was he worked at, he used to work in the NBA. So. Uh, some people are thinking, you know, that there might be some some controversy. Maybe the ball was a little lighter than the other ones to suck through the lottery ball, ping pong ball hole. Huh? And, huh? I, I, you know, the, 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 I don't know, the intern or whoever the hell it was that was dropping the balls into the, into the machine there accidentally placed the New York Rangers one in. Accidentally. Uh, yeah, before it was confirmed, and some people think there was some some nefarious things going on there. I'm not gonna bite into the conspiracy. I'm just thinking, you know, it's very convenient to have the two top U.S. markets have the number one and number two pick. I mean, and I told you before, the New York Rangers are not a bad hockey organization, despite the fact that James Dolan owns them. He has left the hockey guys alone to let them do their hockey things. And the New York Rangers have been a pretty good NHL franchise. They made the Stanley Cup final uh, in 2014. Uh, that was their last appearance. They've had a at least a, a semblance of a good team uh, for the past decade. So it's... Uh, and, and unfortunately, Henrik Lundqvist probably at the end of his rope with the Rangers. Uh, I would assume. He's still ho- playing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's still like, playing, what, 33? But, 34? Uh, well, he's up there in age. Uh, I don't think he's... I think he's probably 35 plus now, but... I'm going to check as you talk. So, uh, King Henrik, unfortunately, may not win a Stanley Cup in New York, at least. But... Um, 38, so I'm yeah. definitely wrong. Yeah, I- yeah so... I don't know, he might be a backup someplace else and might ride the coattails for somebody. But in or any he case, can retire and play Elder Scrolls Online this weekend for free. Oh, yeah, he could do that too. So uh, it, it just seems unfair, really. The New York Rangers are a team trending upwards, I think. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say they're in a rebuild. I would, I would assume they're in like a retooling. The reload, uh, as I call yeah, it. As, yeah, basically the Lundquist era is over. And they're starting a new era. And hey, 
what better to start a new era with than a number one pick? And so they signed the number one free agent forward last season. And so it, it just seems like the Rangers will be back to contention sooner rather than later. And the NHL has had preferences for these large hockey friend, uh, markets. So uh, who... Philadelphia, New York, Pittsburgh, uh, Boston, and even Los Angeles because it's like the, you know, the big beacon out, out west and they've been there for 50 plus years now. So what you're telling me is that if we had a normal season, it would have been Detroit Red Wings that would uh, that presumably I, well, had a higher chance of getting it. Yeah, ex- well, I mean, they still would have, but uh, it it probably would have been uh, you know either Detroit or, or, or basically anybody but the New York Rangers. Even if the New York Rangers didn't make the playoffs, they probably would have had they probably would have been like the 14th worst team and had like a one percent chance. So, of getting the pick. I think it's interesting why you want to fight against it as you're the NHL because isn't Detroit essentially hockey legacy? Don't they have like 20 championships to their uh, name? Well, the Red Wings, yeah, they. I mean, a long time ago they, they had their dynasty and but the Red Wings have tanked completely. They are beyond, they, they have hit the gigantic reset button. So uh, it is, yeah, you would think that it would be nice to see the Red Wings come back, and they will. They have Steve Eiserman who built up this Lightning team uh, that you see here, still battling the Jackets right now in triple overtime. But but I mean, the whole thing is, it just sucks having the New York Rangers win that pick. And, I, it it would have sucked if Pittsburgh gotten that pick, too. It would have sucked if they got that pick, if, if the Rangers got that pick, if the Oilers got that pick. Basically, anybody but those teams would have been nice. So where think, did Florida end up? Uh, we have the number 12 pick now. Oh, wow. So, so you're actually penalized. You're given the pick that's actually penalized for being a not even middle of the road, but a first-round, you know, goodbye team. Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah. it, it sucks. You can't do anything with that. It sucks. Uh, yeah, well, the Panthers are going to have a new GM, and, and hopefully they'll – I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be a retool or a rebuild. Who knows? But it's just the life of being a Panthers fan. So let me get this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna spend a good amount of time with hockey because I like to fade my ignorance and build into it. If you had to get rid of one player, it's Huberto, Barkov. Oh, um, this is a hard question. Who, who else? Who else am I missing? The big ones that I okay. So to our I guess our our core three, the three core players, I would say. Are Jonathan Huberdeau, mm-hmm. Alexander Barkov, and Aaron Ekblad. So Ekblad, that's right, the one who got so, punched in the face like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I guess got sucker punched in a sense. So, um, so you have our center, our, our winger, and our defenseman. Those are our our guys. You know, the problem is whenever you bring in a new GM, the first man that they have is become yes man to the ownership. It's saved me some money. I, well, I, I don't know. That's a trend that happens often in a lot of organizations. Yeah, but right now, the Panthers have spent so much money at this point that they it would be hard to and they have the highest, basically the highest paid coach in the league because of Joe Quenville. You you can't. So let me ask you this on the side: the reset button. Did Quenville 
did Quinville succeed expectations? Because wasn't his whole thing is coming into it, he had a former Stanley Cup uh, has, finals appearance or championship. He so, has you know. three Stanley Cups. He okay. is the he is the second uh, second most uh, second most winningest head coach in NHL history. He is the other, a, other thing with new GM comes new coaches they want to hire, but that's the football mentality. I don't know how it is in hockey, so I find this It's the same this thing in hockey. Amazing. It's the same thing, and, and and that's kind of my concern. If the Panthers are going to rebuild, Joe Quenville retires. He basically he's he's not going to. I doubt he would want to stick around for that because he's in his sixties. He's already got three Stanley Cup championships. He's he's been through everything. He can probably get a job with. Uh, with another team, I I, I honestly, uh, if I I don't know if you could trade coaches in the NHL. Well, yeah, there was all no one knew they could trade coaches until they actually trade coaches. Go talk to the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and the Oakland Raiders and exactly. I don't know if you could do that, but I would do that if I'm going to hit the reset button. I might as well. And they would get a treasure trove of draft picks and prospects for Barkov and Huberdo and Ekblad. But if someone's got to go. Because you can have a competitive – if you have a core three and you have two stars and then you get back two above-average guys, that's success. That's the possibility of success. Well, yeah, the NHL – I mean, really, and you're looking at the way the Columbus Blue Jackets are, do, are doing it. You can have a team full of gritty, uh, average, slightly above-average guys uh, without a superstar and just because they're, they're, they're physical – and basically never say die you can have them be successful in this league um look at the oilers the oilers have leon dreisaitl and and um uh, connor mcdavid two of the i mean best young players in the nhl right now uh, connor mcdavid basically a generational player and they can't figure it out and they suck just as much and it's because they don't have everything else. So, for me, I, if I could trade Huberdo and get a couple guys back, or, I mean, the Panthers have have horrible contracts for a bunch of, like, older guys and guys that just suck, you might have to pair them with one of those guys just to get those things off the books. Yeah. So, that, if, if I were to trade those guys... I would have it like you have to take our bad contracts. You just have Dude, to. They're not like the NBA even if uh, who has the it, match salary contract, right? Uh, which who? The NHL. You know how the NBA who you turn uh, over, you have to get back. I mean, they have cap hits that are um, basically what goes against the, the cap each year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you don't have like a. I don't know if the NHL has a max salary, but we have a salary cap. That. Well, in in basketball, when you're trading, let's say someone's slated to make like 24 mil in that contract for that year, and you're sending them out. Well, you know, if you're trading them, you have to take back the 24 mil, and that might be in a plethora of players and everything like that. Um, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest, with the NHL caps. I have to look at it. I mean, there's a there's some I don't, wonderful. I don't think they um, do, but that would allow for creative trades. But I've seen yeah. crazy. There, trades I mean, there's some happen. wonderful. Uh, there, there's a fantastic one, cap friendly, that just has every information that you would want. 
with uh, NHL trades over, and stuff over like the cap is pretty good too any scenario that you want um, so I could figure that out for you yeah huh. yeah but yeah so, no, no. so Huberto goes <sighs> yeah maybe Huberto if you can take like one of our awful contracts with it we won't even ask for a draft pick back just take one of our awful because con- that just gets the money off the books and then we can go out and sign a few guys that work within Joe Quinville's system or, or the new GM system. Um, that's how I would do it. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, let's so I mean, we could get away from the Panthers. I can speculate all you want with that. But as far as the, the first round or the, the qualifying round for the NHL, they were good. Uh, I think uh, and they had the same intensity of of Stanley Cup playoff games. And I think people were kind of afraid, you know, without the crowd. Because uh, Stanley Cup playoff games are insane. I've only been to one in my lifetime. But it is an absolutely insane experience. As per the uh, the, t- the tweets uh, that... Uh, uh, God, I think it's BU. I think it's BU. But <laughs> uh, posted there from John Boy's. I mean, it is it is like snorting cocaine and riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter. It basically is. You know? Your Dude. heart feels like it's going to explode. So you've had the opportunity to watch NBA without a crowd, NHL without a crowd, and this will come back to NHL as we get... Because it's the one that's closer to a playoffs than the NBA is, so this will answer my question. Do you feel that as it progresses more into the playoffs that the lack of the crowd really hurts it or is it all fine I, I don't and think, dandy you're really proceeding? I think the NHL is going to be fine with without the crowd. Those guys find a way to I mean th- there were fights. There yeah. <laughs> there were fights, okay? Without a crowd. Believe me, the NHL's fine with those guys are fine without a crowd. They still have that same intensity. Um the NBA is going to be interesting cuz right now we have the bubble games. And some of them have been intense. I mean, the Heat have had some pretty, uh, of course, you know, fourth quarter intensity with like uh, the Raptors game and the Bucks game. But well, actually, well, not really the Bucks game because they got absolutely waxed. Yeah, that second half was just awful. Twenty zero run. How is that possible? Yeah, no, it was it was awful. Uh, but um, the NBA is going to have trouble. Because even in the first round of the NBA playoffs, there's you don't get that intensity unless you're unless you're one of those unless it's like the the four versus five seed. Well, you know what I think hurts them the most is because all you hear is the if you don't hear any announcers, the commentators, all you hear is the sneakers, on the freaking hardwood floor. Yeah. It's so stupid because there's some intensity. I, I I can't explain it, but hearing the hockey games, you hear that ice getting ripped up, man. With those people skates, you hear the puck moving. You hear it slamming against yeah. the barricade. It, it reminds you the intensity, and the problem is, is that if only, if only the pro players on basketball was out allowed to smack talk the same way that we would smack talk on the blacktops at the park, because I yeah. can see it like being disengaged a little bit, or 
hearing the crowd suck their uh, suck their teeth in of shock when you see that they're down by two, and then and I'll just put a team for an example because I'm really hoping Portland goes in. We'll talk about more when the NBA spot comes in. But seeing Dame try to go for that half court buzzer beater just to keep them going because that's when the crowd reaction really matters and really thrives. The games have been very watchable because I think the commentators have done a close to excellent job of keeping me engaged. Um, but I also think I like basketball enough and I missed it enough to want to watch and conclude through. But hockey keeps that intensity because you're hearing the environment. And they're the ones who are also doing the fake fans too, right? They have like the little sound applause I, I, that comes I think in. some sort of crowd noise, but honestly, I haven't, I haven't noticed it as much in the NHL. Yeah, it's it's not terrible if they do it, but at the end of the day, if you revisit fans, if you always watch the old uh, sports replays of a certain championship game or whatever, depending on the sport, they always have crowd reactions, and it's 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 if it's just pre-recorded, why can't you do it? It's not as if Atlanta was doing it. The Falcons were doing it a couple of years ago, and they were just doing it to do uh, fan noise to distract the other team. Right. It's fine because there's going to be people who is not their cup of tea. And at the end of the day, it's a business, and they need their ratings, and I get it. But they're not. it's not overbearing on the commentators. It's not overbearing on any interviews. It's not overbearing on the actual environment that's happening there. I'm really interested to see what happens in football because I think football is going to be god-awful boring without the crowd. I think it could be played without a crowd. Oh, yeah. I don't go and watch footballs for crowds. People who say we need it for the crowds, they're lying through their teeth. Oh, you yeah. just like it because what? it completes I mean, it. why do you think those TV contracts are so huge? Exactly. You know? I mean, football is the perfect TV sport. I mean, you, it is a, a football game like a college football game, I can get. I can get a college football game because that's a, a different type. I think it's it's a more intense crowd than an NFL game. Yeah, I, I would agree with you completely. Um, it's a more intense crowd. There's a lot more passion. People because, stay you know, in a shootout, man, or in a blowout. You know, it's your you school know. and that type of stuff. I I I would. I think like even some of the worst college crowds are better than some of the best NFL crowds. Uh huh. I would say. Um. But, uh, yeah, NFL games are going to be awful. I, that, that's why, I mean, we can kind of lob this into the college football talk. I'm like, I mean, college football without a crowd is going to be awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, it's going to be awful. Could, they might as imagine, well not play. Could you imagine if you were stuck with that SEC team, you're dealing with Alabama versus Alabama State, and it's 70-3, and there's not a single crowd at all? Oh, I would be dying. It yeah. would be terrible. I, would, I mean, granted, that's not how it's going to be played out. I would forfeit the season. game. I would forfeit. I, I kind of I, should. They not take that opportunity. They, they should now? have a mercy rule. They honestly yeah. should have a mercy. If they're going to play, if the SEC and the ACC are going to play, and they're going to, uh, you know, kids' lives other, don't matter. Yeah, the other conferences are out. You know, Pac-12, Big Ten, all within what ten minutes of each other. Yeah. Yeah, if if they're if if those schools are gonna go, they might also have a, a mercy rule. Look, hey, if you're up by four touchdowns, I don't know, just call it, man. Just call it. Yeah, four is fair. Yeah, but TV ratings, but what? You can spend more time with, you know, former college players just sitting there and talking about it with your analysts. Is that what you want anyway? Just do an expansion. Yeah, I mean, heck, you can add more commercial stuff if you, if if a game looks like it's about to end in four touchdowns. Just like, hey, let's just like uh, we'll have a commercial timeout every 
five minutes. I don't know. And you can always get an ACC or SEC television ad. I love those. They're like yeah. terrible. Come to the SEC. And I'm like, but you should be promoting a particular college. Like that's always love it when it's a Duke North Carolina rivalry because we know where they're coming from. So you get the Duke college commercials and you get the – and these are on your national networks, mind you, whether it be CBS or ESPN. Guys, we live in Florida. I should not be getting anything from anything in the Carolinas, but yet we do. But you can figure out opportunities or just replay old games if you have to. Um, like that, the highlights. Uh, I mean, they're not gonna. They're, you know, they're not gonna go for that. No, I know. But you, you know, do it anyway, though. On yeah. your SEC network, your ACC network, on your ESPN, we have an affinity. You know, you know will even... it be O'Harris out in the SEC office? You know, yeah. the I'm just thinking of a traditional Southern gentleman with a giant mustache and. And uh, I was like, well, listen, we're going to have them boys play college football right now. I don't, I don't just, care about no mask. So you the know? SEC president is Doug Dimidome of Dimidome Because uh, <laughs> that's all I have now. And I, I, I can't get that out of my mind. Um, yeah, oh my God, it's basically. But bringing it, bringing it a little bit back to hockey, because I, I think college football deserves more than just kind of snarking it. So... Hockey-wise, we know that the Panthers are 12th. They're screwed. We know that the Rangers get the benefit of it. We know trade away. Who is the team that has played outside of the bubble, getting to the round robin, that has made you think, crap, that's actually the team who will take down the favorites? Is it the Blue Jackets themselves who are really just putting it on to Lightning because they just ended third overtime? Yeah, I know. It has Um, to be them. Well, now... I don't know if because it'll be them. Because it is not equal footing coming out of a bubble. Because if you I don't look know at if it'll the be teams, them. It's rusty. And, and you notice that the Carolina-Boston game, which was supposed to be played today, is delayed because of this quadruple overtime game. Um, I don't know if it'll be them. Just because I, this Jackets-Lightning series, Are they gonna I could see it each other? seven. Yeah. Are they going to exhaust each other to whoever plays them next gets the easy win? Exactly. I mean... Uh, and, and Boston and Carolina is also a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So, I mean, these teams are going to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what makes playoffs – that's the thing people need to understand. Part of the playoffs is not the fact that your team's in there. It's the fact that that's where real rivalries are. Who oh, yeah. cares? Honestly, who cares about regular season I rivalries? I honestly cannot tell you which is the favorite in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, it, is, it is such – an even urinating tree on YouTube – it is such a toss-up because once a team gets in, and like I've told you, an eight seed can beat a one seed. It is, it, there is no, and especially now, there's no home ice advantage. There's no crowd. It is an even playing field. It honestly mm-hmm. is. Uh, it, it really comes down to, <laughs> can your goalie make that one miraculous save? And right now, we'll see who, who breaks, Vasilevsky or... Or Coposello, but I feel like Andrew's just having what a poor guy. Not yeah. only is he trying to just take the certification to become an attorney with the bar exam coming around the corner and saying for that, he also has to deal with his, you know, favorite hockey team. And I don't think <laughs> anybody understands because Andrew's the mild matter one. That man's a little snarky when the Tampa Bay Lightnings are around, right? Yeah. And oh, they're yeah. on the cusp because he's already kind of bought into the fear. He's bought into that. He's bought into that superstition. He's the oh, yeah. Michael Jordan space chance where I don't have no, my listen, uh, my old college shorts. Listen, the, uh, the the Blue Jackets are in the Lightning's head. Like as soon as that matchup was there, 
they they were already they're living their rent free. They oh, are living man. their rent free. And look at this matchup right now. Look what's going on. It is. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. Uh, well, this Calgary Dallas game is going down the wire too. Three thirty five, three to two right now, Calgary. But and we'll see what goes down there. So let me ask you this expand on because I like the fact that we're going on NHL because you know with the month off that we had, I didn't really get to talk much about hockey to learn learn a goof segments. Which mm -hmm. team that is in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Them winning is the best for hockey business, either regionally, locally, like oh. you know, because I know, all right, I know so, there's some Midwest teams that really ought to aspire to succeed. But a few years back, you had the St. I mean, Louis there's Blues some stories. Do it, there's Jack, some yeah, stories. Like, uh, like I, I would hate the Boston Bruins to win. Of course, yeah, I get because that. we can't have another Boston team winning a championship. So that's one. Um, so we can't have the Boston Bruins win. Um. Part of me, there's a there's a part of me. I know people are sick of the Chicago Blackhawks after their dynasty, but this is, and I've labeled this as the last hurrah of that championship core because they're still there. The Blackhawks are are basically, uh, I don't know what, let's say uh, what's it, 2014 era New York Yankees. All right, just yeah. just think about it. You know, you got old Jeter. Old Mariano, old Pettit, old Posada—they're just still—they're still hanging around, you know. They're—they're—they're they're, they're past their championship days, but they're there. And yeah, you know, they might make a wild card appearance and have one last, you know, moment in the sun. They could, and this is it. This is it for the Blackhawks. This is, you know, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, and um, and Brent Seabrook. Uh, it was a Duncan Keith. Those guys. Are, I don't know if Corey Crawford's even playing right now, but th this is the last hurrah, you know. You know, Mike Quimble's not there. Joe Torre wasn't there at the end for the Yankees, but they're still there. You know, it's the last hurrah for the Blackhawks. They're facing the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights should win that series, but maybe, just maybe, there might be a one last little glimpse of that that old championship Blackhawks team. There might be. I don't expect it to happen, but part of me is kind of nostalgic for it because there was honestly out of you know people hate hockey dynasties. I like the Chicago Blackhawks. I like yeah. that group of players. They, it, they did. They just. They were a likable group. I guess maybe because I was in the Eastern Conference. Probably the Western Conference teams hated them. But it, it was an enjoyable group to, to see play and win championships, you know? And dynasties are good for sports. I mean, even on the other sports, like football, when it was um, the Patriots' time, it's because, one, there's an expectation for them to be there. They succeed that expectation, and it made every team that beat them that much better because the last few Patriots Super Bowl appearances, they really shouldn't have won. Like they definitely should not have won against Atlanta, but you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Atlanta, Dan Quinn an Atlanta team cannot avoid it. being an Atlanta team. Yeah, exactly. They they blew it, and then when they played against the Rams, it was really like they should not even been there because they got the bye because something went down with Texas, and then they got eliminated this year. So there's an enjoyment in seeing the same teams that we expect to succeed because there's consistency, and I think all sports, especially when you don't have a consistent organization, likes consistency even in the fan base to observe for the opposing side, but two, it creates the narrative of how much 
you don't like a team. So when they get their comeuppets and when they lose, it helps. Want well, to know how I know? When it was the Celtics-Lakers 2007 because it was like we thought it was Kobe's year, but this was the year where the big three happened, and Boston had been really kind of bad all those years. Paul Pierce couldn't get it going. He was just sick on uh, you know, shooting threes and hoping they go in, and then it was Kobe. They had just traded for Pau Gasol. It all felt right, and then rekindling two dynasties, except one is really a dynasty. The other one was just an afterthought, and it kind of built something in there. You know, so it was nice. Or the Heat when they were trying to create their own dynasty, but they forgot about the true dynasty in the NBA in the late 2000s or mid 2000s, which was the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, because they really shouldn't have lost. Um, what was it? Oh, 2014. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, 2013. But, you know, Ray Allen and Chris Bosh would just not be denied. But then they got right. the, the following year. People forget that what? That would have been six for Duncan and six for Pop. Um, yeah. So that's your dynasty. So there's an expectation. And I would think of the Spurs as the Blackhawks. As guy, I never hated any of the Spurs players. I think the only one that may have kind of, like, bothered me a little bit was Tony Parker kind of played with a little bit of an edge that, is not warranted for a, just an above-average point yeah, guard. Yeah, Tony Parker, he kind of had that look to him. He was French. Yeah, uh, he was French. He's you French. Know, he's know, French. He has that kind of kind of attitude with him. You know, he cheated on his wife. You know what it is. Yeah, we, we, don't, know. we don't like and, it. Eva Longoria, who's a very nice-looking woman. So it's like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Come on. But, um, but so... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, the Blackhawks um, are a team that... Uh, it looks like Calgary is probably going to win this game, but it is, uh, it's kind of nice to see it. It's kind of nice from a nostalgia perspective, especially, like I, said, I mean, they've been they're five years out from their last championship. It's because it was them and the LA Kings that were doing some nasty business the last. Yeah. The LA Kings won Cup. two, uh, won two in that, in that time span, it was that, uh, Chicago won. So, you know, the, the Kings will get their, get their uh, team rebuilt. Uh, I don't see them uh, being out from being a good NHL team anytime soon because the NHL needs their Western anchor. They re- So LA is usually it. I mean, Vegas is doing a very good job right now as well. But Vegas is probably the other darling for the NHL. As well, far as uh, darlings for the league, team. it's Philadelphia because NBC um, – has the NHL contract and Comcast owns the Flyers, so thus uh, they they show them a lot. Pittsburgh because of uh, Crosby, he's he's the NHL LeBron. Yeah, uh, you have they Washington. They still have uh, Eugenie Malkin in there. Yeah, you have Eugenie Malkin, but it's it's really Crosby. That, that's his yeah. team. Um, uh, Washington with Alex Ovechkin. You know, yeah, we love Ovi. You, you need that. Uh, you need the uh, uh, Crosby versus Ovechkin. That was the rivalry. That was. I I can't even think of the. I mean, it was kind of like how the NBA tried uh, LeBron versus Kobe towards the end, but it didn't work out because it never matched yeah. up. Uh, but the NHL actually got it with uh, uh, Ovechkin and Crosby meeting pretty much every playoffs. I, I mean, I that's, say, oh, that's Peyton more... Manning versus Tom Brady. That, that's yeah, I, I would say Manning and Tom Brady because Ovi yeah. only got it once and then Crosby got it three, right? But there was like one season he didn't really contribute much. Yeah. Was that 08? Ove- Ovechkin finally got his when yeah, they a couple years won back. that cup. So. That was uh, nice. So I would say Manning Brady is the most Yeah, Manning apropos. Brady. So, and then you've got uh, uh, what, Boston is always a darling. 
Uh, Boston, the LA Kings are the West, darling. And because of the Golden Knights' success in Vegas, you know, Vegas is the hot new team. It's the hot new market. And they went to the finals in their first season. They're immediately, like, if they're going to have a Western Conference game, it's usually, like, Chicago, LA, or Vegas. So best One, for two, business three. is really the Golden Knights um, because of the fact that what's coming next year, or is it 2022? The Kraken. Uh, next season, next year, oh, next season, S- Seattle. Yeah, so you need the Krakalakas to come oh, in yeah. because if you had that success with the Vegas, it, Knights, it's funny we didn't even mention them last show, and uh, that's usually what me and Andrews uh, are go to with logos and stuff. I'll, I'll wait for him to come back in a couple weeks to to talk about the Kraken, which is a fantastic name. That's, Good name, that's great we, name. Myth, myth, any kind of Greek mythology. Oh yeah, so any kind and, of and it works. Yeah, it works. Uh, you have the Seahawks, you have the Mariners, and now you have the Kraken. But you know what kills me? A hockey team is in Seattle before they have a basketball team again. Ah, they'll get it. Don't worry. And eventually, the NBA is the fastest growing sport. Uh, they're they're gonna expand. So. It's, it's an the inevitability. Reason, the reason why it matters so much is because there's a lot of potential players, just as I would think that the uh, Vegas Knights were able to get good to above average players onto their team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very possible with uh, uh, CL Supersonics returns. You Because there's a lot of people in the NBA who could be starters on a different team that are reserved to a bench role, and then there's I, a lot of guys coming out of college that I honestly, could qualify. Yeah, I honestly would say... Look the Ed, look the NBA has uh, has n- nothing nothing uh, uh, has nothing to to gain from having a terrible expansion team. They having a good expansion team is as you saw with the Vegas Golden Knights. It is a boon. Like you know, it was a national even international story. That the Golden Knights were awesome in their first season. Like it went beyond. Like it was on Sports Center. The ESPN never talks about hockey, but they talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. So I, I could see the NBA. Hey, Seattle, you're getting the Supersonics back. You're getting all their history. The you know OKC Thunder will will do the Hornets thing and just have a separate history. We'll rewrite the history books. And uh, hey, you you'll get. I don't know. They'll have a expansion draft rules that basically will give them uh at the very least an eight seed for for the first season you know which i'm sure teams that are perennially awful like phoenix <laughs> hey people are talking about the phoenix suns uh i'll have words for them when that segment comes don't oh, worry yeah. oh, I, well we well yeah well, we're, we're close to the halfway mark here, dude. yeah yeah might have uh, to do one a hour little mark. transition there. Yeah, well, uh, I, I can't believe I still don't have this set up here, but whatever. Word from our non-sponsors, I'll just talk about it now. People, places, things, concepts, what have you that you've been enjoying over the last week or so. And, and uh, I, man, what am I, I going to talk about? I got two because I'm going to cover for yeah, Andrew because I was going to go originally for just one and then something came up. I'm like, I want to actually talk to you. And then he postponed to be a responsible adult. So I'll go on one end and then you break and then I go on the other. All right, so cool. I was hungry today. I have not had lunch the last Ooh. two days because of work. I had and Taco then Bell my, today. 
Ah, uh, it, it's always nice, right? And then during my little, um, my video performance, as I call it, I couldn't eat because it was during lunch period, and I was just kind of overworked and undermanned, so I was like hungry. But I was thinking about a particular kind of meal, and I've only been exposed to it like within two months ago because they recently opened it by where I live. But I had this particular kind of sandwich. It's a chicken sandwich. It's a kind of chicken sandwich. It's a mighty good chicken sandwich, and I don't even know if they got it in Miami. But I know I like it because it's it's in a way this establishment reminds me a lot of Hurricane Wings where the chicken is slightly above average quality, but it's really the sauces that make it. But we have a PDQ, I believe. We, oh, we, uh, we do have a PDQ here. Andrew took me to it. Yeah, so I had originally met them. I had their strips. I always felt their tenders or their sirloins, as they call them, could have been a little bit bigger. But the sauces are just so damn good. It's so flavorful. Their sweet sriracha and their buffalo I didn't even know they had things. it. They, they, have a, they have a lot, man, and I didn't think so, too. But the second time I went, I had something called a Buffy Blue. And it's basically the buffalo chicken sandwich equivalent of it. And their buffalo blue sauce is really good, very sweet, very succulent. Today, I was hungry, Francisco. I was thinking for like three hours. I had a call calling the corporate for tomorrow morning. You know, I've been thinking about was my food. So I knew I needed my Buffy Blue sandwich. So I went there today. I was like, hello, ma'am. How are you doing? I would like a Buffy Blue bur uh, chicken sandwich. I always feel like they should have a burger. Cause I'm so used to saying Buffalo Blue Burger. But mm. they, they go and say, would you like to jack that up? And I'm like, excuse me? And they're like, jack it up. You can get peppermint. Uh, pepper jack cheese and instead of the sirloins they give you a chicken breast because they're putting more stuff in there i'm like how much is it more like a dollar i'm like yes please i get the meal so it's delicious sauce and then they give you waffle fries and their waffle fries are nice and crispy the mm. way i like it and i get the sweet sriracha and i get the buffy blue sauce for my waffle fries but my chicken is drenched in buffy blue and it was delicious with a coke zero because i'm healthy because i've been eating so well with the quarantine I'm 31 soon, so I'm a little bit more weight conscious, but, but I had a break. It was a really long day. I'm not used to not eating, you know, for like 12 hours at a time. I don't know how people can fast can do it, but I got to tell you, man, it was just so good because it's the sauce that makes it, and the chicken was succulent. About nine bucks I paid. I'm okay with it. It's not something I'm going to do constantly because I'm not trying to do the fast food all the time. That's what the great thing about the quarantine has been, but when you got a hankering and you got a smackering, and when it fills the void in your belly and it just soothes your taste buds, it's worth it. So the uh, Buffy Blue Chicken Sandwich from PDQ, people deserve quality, promo code quality. It was uh, good. Uh, that, uh, that's a good one. Well, hey, Yeah, I've enjoyed their chicken. I'm surprised I don't go there. Well, it's because they're a ways away from me. They're a lot closer to Andrew's. Yeah, uh, you, you can't. It's on my way back it's, from work, but I would yeah. drive there from my house. It's, uh, where, where would I say it is in Miami? It's probably like on the border between like Sweetwater and I guess Doral. So it, ah. it's kind of a ways away. Where do for you me. live? North Miami, Miami Gardens? Where? Where do you live? Uh, Hialeah. Hialeah. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you ain't going there. Yeah, and I, and I work in Doral, so. Uh yeah yeah I'm not gonna go all the way to near FIU, that's a bit far for me. Yeah, if, uh, if that was around when I was still lived there, I would have been there. When things reopen up, I'll hang out with Andrew there again. Um, because it, it's a nice joint, that's for sure. They do things. They have that nice water, uh, hand washing station. 
Yeah, they also you know, they have did it before. It was cool. They have shakes and treats too, oh, which I've is had very the rare. The shakes are good. Yeah, listen, I love for anybody. I love fast food that has desserts really and not just apple pies i'm talking about like concoctions because i don't necessarily want to go to they ever go to cold stone and stuff like that and then you have or kill winds or whatever the other appropriate uh, ice cream like parlors are yeah but that's the thing it's like you pay you're like you're seven bucks for it and you're just like mm, it i could have just I mean, bought a briar I, I feel like yeah yeah exactly it, there's no i don't know there, there's nothing it, to it for it's, me it's lacking magic i mean when exactly. i want ice cream so... sure but yeah, it's so I don't even know what you call it. It's so lifeless, you know. I, I've like I told you, I went to that one ice cream shop in Arizona, best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Like, you know, I know what good ice cream tastes like. I mean, like it's heck. I've had you said briars, man. I've had better briars than I had Coldstone Creamery. You know? Yeah, and we're not wrong here. I mean, I you think Coldstone the only thing I, they contribute to is a decent. I'd rather vanilla. get a, a freaking Blizzard at Dairy Queen, to be honest. You know. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm too far away from Dairy Queen. I like yeah, I like I don't those. Even know where the weird... nearest one is here in Miami? Yeah. I've never checked. I like yeah. If you if you were living in Palm Beach, there's a there's like a, a freaking Dairy Queen every. Block I think it's like in Lake street. Worth or something. Sheesh. Yeah, it is worship, but it's good. That's a, and I wish Andrew was here to contribute to it because I like to hear his output on foods. I like places that give me sweets as an option. Even like checkers, man. Like it's weird, but they're like, oh hey, you want this thing? I'm like, yeah, I do. Give me a milkshake, man. Wendy's, I kind of wish they upped their milkshake game a little bit. I just feel like they're just like, here's a Frosty. I'm like, no, but yeah, I the want frosty, a milkshake. I like the Frosty. It's just, you know, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind, I don't mind it in a pinch. Yeah. But yeah, there's better options. Their cookies are good. Yeah. I got to tell you, for like a buck, they give you a big-ass cookie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wendy's, yeah, the cookies are good. Uh, Boston Market has really good cookies, too. They got some big uh, ones. I don't. Yeah, there's, big ones. there's only like a Boston Market in Indian River, and that's about 55 minutes away from me. We don't oh, okay. touch that. Yikes. <laughs> um, man. All right, we went off on a tangent. Uh, well, you're up. Yeah, the Marlins are still up one nothing, but Toronto is buzzing right now. So I don't know what's gonna go down. I got a god second and third with no outs. That's not good. Uh, we got. Oh, I wanted to. We're, so we're still at quadruple overtime. The Lightning have 77 shots on goal, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> it is crazy. Goalies this making is, the money, man. This is absolute insanity that's happening out in Toronto right now. Oh, oh man. The Yankees are up 6-0 on the Braves, so thank yep. you very much. This is good. My paralegal's a Braves fan, so we're not talking right now. Um, oh, yeah. So being up 6-0 kind of makes it feel good yeah so braves actually seeing what a real playoff contender looks like oh yeah bad pitching can always be compensated with good batting but weird out the ones who lost 15 to 1 to was it the mets they played yesterday it was the phillies i think it was the phillies it was a really bad uh, the marlins loss. lost to the mets the other day and the braves yeah i think they were playing the phillies so yeah yeah the braves are once they're they're pretenders they're gonna lose big the time first round anyways. it's just the way it is acuna uh, acanta that's what i call him because you can't do dick <laughs> all right man i am i'm procrastinating right now I, I, I don't really have one to be honest i mean i'm trying to think of like what i mean i've got uh uh was it i think i talked my soda stream before my soda stream machine before now i did subscribe and i guess i could talk about them you know what i'll go with them 
Uh, I'm gonna go with Soda Sense. So Soda Sense. All right, so I got a Soda Stream. All right, get my nice mm -hmm. carbonated water. All by myself. I don't have to go out and buy twenty packets of uh, of Perrier and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and Topo Chico. Well, if there's a Topo Chico, I will buy it because it's my favorite. Uh, they just you can't get that flavor anywhere else. But uh, for everything else, I just do it myself with my soda stream, and I love the machine. I love it. But uh, during the quarantine, there was a shortage of carbon dioxide, which is crazy because uh, global warming. But <laughs> uh, there was a shortage of <laughs> of carbon dioxide from soda stream because I was checking for it on their website. And oh my. All right, so the Marlins are losing 3-1 to one now because they just gave up a 3-1 jack to Bo Bichette. Bo Bichy. Uh Oh, no, it, Bichette. He, doesn't he have, like, the coolest name for MLB player right now? Oh, yeah. yeah Bo Bichette. Yeah, yeah, people are using it for memes to rhyme stuff with. You well, know. because Bish, please, is what they have to do. Because I think yeah. the Bears capitalized that with Mitch Trubisky, and then they realized Mitch was terrible. <laughs> uh, so, gosh, pretty much every Major League Baseball's son, uh, baseball player's son from the 90s. Fernando Tatis Jr. is on the cover of, like, the cover surf for ESPN MLB. I'm like, what is this going yeah. on? He's, is, gonna, you know... he's going for the MVP. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I couldn't find carbon dioxide for my machine. Soda Stream was like, uh, we're currently out. We don't have any more. And just keep checking back to see if we have any more carbon dioxide. I don't know how it works. I don't know if the carbon dioxide that comes out of my mouth is different than the one that goes in the, in the canisters. So I was looking for other options, and I found it in SodaSense. I found uh, it's a subscription service. They had carbon dioxide. They were like, we got plenty of carbon dioxide. So that's what I've been filling my uh, water with. And it's a subscription. So basically every, I don't know, uh, every time I use up two canisters of carbon dioxide, I send them back. I keep one that is still filled so I can always have some carbon dioxide with me. Uh, the other two get mailed back. They send it over uh, the next packet until I run out of two again, and it just goes that way. So uh, it's it's been nice. I've got my two canisters here. I'm going to uh, – I, I use it. I'm, I'm using it now. Uh, I love it, and I love the fact that they have some, and it's cheaper than SodaStream's um, – uh, was it? SodaStream's system or whatever, so – and I can't tell difference between carbon dioxide. I don't know what's high quality carbon dioxide. I have no idea, but it works for me. So I don't know. Promo code. Um, CO2. I guess. I guess so. CO2. Why not? That's a good one. Uh, so this other one in abstantia for Andrew. I've been gaming pretty hard, very hard since this quarantine started and it's one of those things where i will pick up and play the single players in my backlog and it can be kind of intense i have gone through probably nine or ten games since i started quarantining in march and to give highlights of games of that i've beaten played last of us 2 star wars jedi fallen order 
I've recently started The Outer Worlds, you know, a lot of Switch games, everything. And I haven't really touched multiplayer because the idea with multiplayer is it's a dangerous slope. It's a a very dangerous slope for Charles because then I lose kind of that focus or that concentration or that time the hours spent because give me a good multiplayer, I'm popping on my tunes, I'm listening to my audio book, I might listen to the news and what's going on in this crazy world that we live in. But I've been playing Outer Worlds, right? And Outer Worlds is basically Fallout 4 with the proper souped-up engine in a sci-fi textual like space setting, right? But that's not who my game that I've been playing that I'm going to sponsor here. So there's a game that has a very interesting twist on... Battle Royales. And I think Battle Royales are just a fad. I wasn't too crazy about the Call of Duty where for it. I wasn't too crazy about um, Battlefield doing it. I didn't really like Fortnite. I don't care about HD1. But this one is a combination of, I would say, Mario Party and a Battle Royale. And it's free on the PlayStation Network right now. So download it and get it if you have the PS Plus. And then it's going to come to the Switch. Not the Switch. It's coming to your computer. So I uh, suggest you do it. I've been playing Fall Guys. And that stuff is a whole lot of fun to provide for 30 to 60 minutes. So the idea is that you're in a show or like a game show. Think Wipeout. Think maybe Legends of the Hidden Temple. You know, you versus 59 other people and your whole basis is to become the last person standing, but you're doing these wacky, you know, little uh, mini games that are coming into, which could be just passing the finish line and not to be part of the first 44 to qualify, or go into a team-based thing to make sure your team's not eliminated. You want to survive, and at the very last level, you have to go for a crown. And I've probably popped in two, three hours on it, and I've already won a show, as they call it, and it's just cute. Yeah, it has its typical loot boxes of Battle Royale, but that's really just for attire and cosmetics, to which I don't really care about at all. Right. I just like the idea that you know I'm doing something that's really partially consistent on chance. It's based on you know your team play, based off of just you know your strategy, because you can grab onto the other little pigeons, as they call it, and prevent them from making into or doing some things to you know screw them over. And it's just kind of cute and adorable because it's not based on, hey, I, I'm going against, you know, I've been out for five weeks, so I'm going against this team that's grinding everything out, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And it had some issues because the server is, like, too big and they haven't prepared it. This was, like, launch week, but it's just cute, adorable. 30, 60 minutes I listen to an audiobook. I might play some of it later tonight because I want to get some gaming in, but hmm. I don't want to... Outer Worlds is not... A full-out RPG, I might give it a highlight sped out when if I beat it, but it's probably like 30 to 35 hours, which is unconventionally short for a uh, Obsidian game. Um, but still, if you want to do this, people who have a PlayStation, down for free. People who have it for, uh, if they can get it on Steam or do it for the PC, give it a shot. I think it's cute. I think it's adorable. I think it's fun. That's what first and foremost comes in and engaged me into a area of gaming that I think has really just been a fashionable fad that I'm like, I want to play more of. So Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout Edition, free on the PSN. That's my other um, non-sponsor of the week and Mm. promo code uh, Pigeon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I forgot to put the stuff on the screen while we're talking about it, but... Put Soda Sense on here. 
Uh, so don't run out of gas. See, competitive price, and that's how it is. That's how they do it. Comes mm-hmm. in. See, this that's the nice box there. Return your empty CO2 canisters. Delivers the refills. Fits in my mailbox. Because it comes with a nice shipping label. So I don't have to go nowhere. And yeah. And so yeah, I just send my empties on over. It's a nice system. Right? They never run out of gas. And, I, and like I said, I couldn't believe that you could run out of CO2. I honestly couldn't believe it. But apparently you could. So... Uh, that they came, they came in handy in a pinch. That's what I, uh, that's what I loved about them. And what was your first one? PDQ, right? PDQ. PDQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's some good, some good stuff, man. And there's Jack Buffy Blue right there, dude. That's oh, the first so good, thing man. on the screen. It's so good. Like, put that up on the screen real quickly. It is there. Hold on, let's look at, at that monster. Yeah, you you can. But look at that monster. It is kind of that big. That bun is that thick. It's not sloshy either. It's nice and baked in. You got their sauces here. Honey barbecue. Oh, honey mustard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You got their salads. All right, fine. You got your salads. But there, there are your sandwiches, dude. There are the waffle fries. Yeah, nice it's some crispy. good food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's the Buffy Blue sandwich right there. Oh, sheesh. I'm a sucker for novelty. I'm oh, yeah. a sucker for it. I can't and say nothing. Like I it. said, I had their shakes. I had their shakes, man. That's I don't know if they have a photo of it. Oh they got there you go. They got some photos. Some good stuff right there, man. Oh. Uh I can't have some right now. I already ate. I already ate dinner. I'm done. So oh, Publix Publix had a buy one, get one free thirteen count cookies. So I'm slowly coming back into the office. So thinking the other people who I share in the building are there and they're not. Oh. So I have to basically eat 26 cookies <laughs> within three days because there's kids starving in Africa, right? Is that the thing our folks used to tell us? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I, I, I mean, I'm gonna eat every single one. Of them. And I got a nice glass of milk. I brought fresh milk. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah. Uh, so hold on. Let's take a look at uh, before we move on. We'll go to uh, I'll look at the the score across. So yeah, Calgary won their first game. Uh, three to two over the stars, so that's a one lightning. Series. Lightning and blue jacket still going at it's it. It's still man. going, dude. Seven fifty nine left, quadruple overtime. Uh, let's see, the Celtics beat the Grizzlies, one twenty two to one hundred seven. I want John Morant to make the playoffs. So come on, Memphis, let's go. We're going to have an interesting debate because this is the one of the few times where I wish we could just have gone through the one through sixteen seating. Because yeah. knowing that Orlando and that I, I forgot who the eighth seed is for the East, I think it's I mean, Orlando I'll pull and it then up right the now, the NBA standings right now. I mean, the the Eastern Conference, the playoff seedings are set. The, the Wizards shouldn't have even been there, but uh, it's looking like Milwaukee has clinched the East. The Raptors have clinched their division at the very least, but they'll they'll probably end up as the two seed, and they might. I mean, man, I, I honestly feel like Toronto's playing better going into the playoffs. But yeah. I, I think Milwaukee will get it together. They're going to face Orlando. They're probably going to sweep them, you know, and and get their I, confidence I, back. I think there's going to be a problem for them. If we're transitioning into full-out NBA, I'm going to kind of bring out the doctor up in this. Mm. Um, Giannis is kind of a soft player. And when I say soft player, mm. for a center who stretches out, 
because he's really he plays like a four but built like a five, right? Um, he would be matched up with Vucevic and Mo Bamba if Mo gets any time. That's a lot of heavy men rebounding and bumping ankles and bullying out, or possibly can bully him out, right? So unless his whole game is I'm going to be stretching that floor, and that's what Budenholzer is going to do. Budenholzer is an excellent coach. It's the reason why he is co-coach of the year. Granted, it really should have gone to Billy Donovan. Let's not even share it. Um, but, you know, the NBA doesn't want to just say, hey, it's going to Billy because he's done excellent work with that team. Granted, he should wear a face mask because that busted cold store was very scary to look at. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know if that physicality would be good for the Bucks because if Giannis gets out-rebounded, out-beat up, out-anything, how's that? I mean, they're going to beat the Magic. I don't know if they would sweep the Magic. The thing going against the Magic is I can't name you other people on that team that can help you build. I mean, you got Aaron Gordon, but he's just kind of just a dude. He's more pop. The guy's more popular for being a slam dunk champion than for actually being a perennial all-star. Has he even made the all-star that's not in a reserve or a future use guy? Who else do they have? Markel Fultz? I'm not putting my investment mm-hmm. to that, not because of his injuries, but he's still a young cat, and I don't know if Steve Clifford is the yeah, guy who can develop them. He's just getting his confidence them. back, too. So. Maybe 2021. 20, so I think that would be kind of... They might have a close call. Maybe they lose one game, but here's the yeah. problem. There's so much on their hype train. The Bucks, the most mile manner franchise in the NBA, let's just say right there, is probably on their own hype train so much because of last year's success and then where they're at this year that one game, I feel, might break the softness of the boys who are there. I feel like Milwaukee will... Uh, like the Raptors aren't afraid of them. Oh hell they, no! They're not afraid of them. So that's that's the thing. The, the the Bucks need to, and that's why I think they 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 have the incentive to sweep Orlando, and 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 and, and I don't know even take care of the next round in five games, uh, at the very most. Is the idea is for them to get that confidence that when they do face Toronto, that it, it looks like. Uh, that they're once again back to being the favorite because right now, I can see Toronto winning that series. I, still I can, can too. Really, you know what helps me convince myself about Toronto is that Kyle Lowry hasn't played as trash. The guy who can never really be the Robin to any Batman. I feel like that's why DeMar DeRozan doesn't get enough love from any former Raptor fans or depreciation where he's at now is because Lowry is just a regular season guy and he couldn't get going during the the postseason and then Kawhi was really just transcendent but let's also call a spade a spade here you literally played like one of the stars in Golden State when you won your title because yeah. Clay was out no yeah. KD yeah like wh- why Everyone why can't is. we just acknowledge it but you get life so nice and lucky yeah, right you, yeah yeah so I mean I think it's just sometimes I drink a little bit of haterade. I think I'm part of that haters uh, club that uh, Dave Chappelle was on. But when you're going into Toronto, they're scary is because Pascal has developed into such an all-around player. And I thought he was going to be a flavor of the week, honestly. But it verifies two things: one, I know nothing about player development in the NBA, <laughs> and then two, Nick Nurse is an excellent coach as well. To be able to be this consistent, I don't know why. If we're just going to give co-chairs of every kind of award, why wasn't he around second 
in the season looks just as dangerous, and not even just to Eastern Conference teams. They put on some numbers against Western Conference guys too. I mean, sometimes this is why. Sometimes I think it's it's pretty cool that Major League Baseball has two uh, separate uh, awards for American yeah. League and National League because, I mean, you have to acknowledge that there are more than one good uh, players of these categories. You know. And then definitely for coaches. I mean, you yeah. can have an overall league one, but, I mean, to say Billy Donovan should be sharing it with Mike Budenholzer is understatement because Budenholzer gained everything on the offseason and only got to be better. He, he has Lopez twins now to help him and all this other stuff. Like, it was Chris Paul, and everybody threw Chris Paul to the Wolves and Shea Gagelis Alexander, who isn't there yet. And they're looking like a mighty strong, what, six seed? I wouldn't OKC's, necessarily want to play OKC's them. OKC's five right now. Five. I mean, they could, yeah, Utah fell through They really could quickly. go up to four, even, even uh, let's see, even possibly. Let's see, what, yeah, what division is We We, we want four or five. Division? If not, I think probably just four. Yeah, um, but we want them to keep their division now because it would be Russ versus Oklahoma oh, yeah. in that first round. And NBA is some of the best storytelling. <laughs> That we can think of because oh, yeah. one of my favorite things about Russell Westbrook was when he was Jilted Lover, when he was on Painmaker Revenge Tour, what was it, 2016. Yeah, um, like right now, right now, I like, yeah, let's see, if the Lakers would be facing off against Memphis, which, uh, I mean, John Moran, I don't know. Jaron Jackson got hurt, so they're yeah, really undermanned. I mean, I think it would be more compelling if it was like Pop versus the LA Lakers because he could try and, you know, he could find a way to game plan around that. Uh, but we'll see. There's still time for the Spurs to to get in there, or maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if Dame Lillard is enough for the Blazers to give the but Lakers a sh- you know a scare. I think they're not. But the reason why, and we, I had mentioned earlier in the show, the reason why I'm petitioning and hoping and praying that Portland gets into the AFC. Not that I didn't want John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies to be there. If I had it my way, both the Grizzlies. And the Trailblazers would be in there because this was the season or the playoff season they should have done 1-16 to as opposed to respective conferences. It's just Dame is that epitome of that classic NBA player who is transcendent that's just on a team that's just having him die. You know, he has done it time in and time out in all the years that they're in playoffs when they're undermanned, injured, having to step up. C.J. McCollum is a good player, but he's not transcendent because he doesn't show up in certain things. Um, Nurkic is back now, and I think that's the reason why they got some of the momentum coming in. But you want to see that heart and that intensity because I have seen the James Harden heat check shots that he should never be taking, and that's the reason why your team can never go past the Western Conference Finals. But when Dame does it, it's such a cockiness and arrogance that he treats like every shot is the game winner. Yeah. Every shot that he does is like the atomic bomb of... Um, every shot basically is the Ray Allen with like six seconds left. <laughs> and I love that, and I hate the fact that he's on in Portland because Portland, one, kind of is strap financially i understand it but i just and i've been saying it for what we've been doing the show for almost two years and in, in december when i've been on i've been saying for almost two years i really feel like terry stotts just can't get over the hump of how to develop such a unique player like that it reminds me of gary payton when he was on his own there's not much he could do about it when he was on the supersonics right and then few other players that have been that defining moment on a team and they can't get it going and i don't want him to be that guy who spends all those years just trying to get further 
to the promised land, at least have one opportunity at the NBA Finals. Because the farthest they went was the Western Conference Finals, right? And then they yeah. lost to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just been so much coming into it. And that was such a stacked team. And that's really when he had nobody. That's when it was him, McCollum, what, Maurice Harkless, and um, Al Farouk Amino. You tell me if those guys, and that was before Nurkic, you tell me if those guys really just kind of make you think that's competition. He carried that team. So if I had it my way, I if I have to pick one between Memphis or um, Portland, I want to see more of Portland. And also they're the small market team who at least has somebody that is marketable, so you want to do there. Unfortunately, in a couple of years, he's out. Oh, uh, let's see. Ice Cube 2000. What is this? My mind is my my mend is melting watching this. This is sports goose, dude. Let's just say the screen is a little not too busy. <laughs> There's stuff all around. Yeah, we we you know welcome first and foremost. You get to yeah. hear our dulcet tones and watch our very bad quality feed of the Buffalo Blue Jays versus the Miami Marlins. You know, going in there. Yeah, and our um, PS2, uh, early PS2 era video game in the background. Yeah, this is basically past, present, future, man. You know, yeah. you can treat this uh, like Mystery Science uh, Theater. We By encourage the way, you to. We are at the last 54 seconds of quadruple overtime, and it's still tied 2 2. Oh, God. And once again, it's it's sudden death overtime, so whoever hey, scores, hey, it's over. You know what's going to happen? They're going to have more games in a series like this. I mean, it's I'm just happen. thinking about Carolina or Boston. It is. It's it's eight forty four right now Eastern Standard Time. Uh, at some, can you guys give me your take on the nineteen ninety eight Diamondbacks? Let's see. The errors. Okay, what? Well, that's the inaugural season of the errors of the Diamondbacks. So nineteen ninety eight. So this is. I mean, I can't even. I I don't even know if anybody acknowledges the ninety eight Diamondbacks because. The night, like they made the playoffs the next season when they just basically went all in and got Randy Johnson uh, in 1999, and they made the playoffs their first season and basically uh, sped up their uh, their way to that 2001 World Series. Yeah, because they had everybody's favorite dad, Kurt Schilling, who will so beat you. I up can't in even Texas tell you. I can't even tell you who was on the 98. Was it yeah. Greg Colbrun? Only because he yeah. was a former Marlin. That's and. I know he was on that 01 Diamondbacks squad. That's like the only guy I can name. Was Luis Gonzalez on there? Maybe? I don't even remember. Here's the thing. We're not too old. I'm close to 31 and you're like, what, 32? We don't pretend and fake like we were there since the dawn of man and its yeah. existence as being the overall I became a locker. baseball fan in 98. So. And, and I'm a Yankees fan as a kid. So basically, I remember those who hurt me, that team, 2001, mm. but... You can't say I, I would have called 98, but, you know, which brings in a good this question. This is a nice rabbit hole. I'm going to go down. I'm going to look at this roster Let's do it. right now. There's a player that we remember forget, right? Transitioning. NBA, oh, yeah. you had your time. Playoffs will start. Go uh, Portland. Who was on the 1998 for. Arizona Diamondbacks? Let me – I don't know. Where is uh, baseball reference here? Here we go. Let's see. The team, they, let's see. They went 65-97. and 97. Hey, that's a last year, right? Oh, yeah. Buck Showalter was their manager, so – uh, classic yeah because we had fired him from 96 time or no prior to that a couple years prior because we got senior tory the godsend in so buck, buck is like that him and billy mar like the not billy mar but um i forgot his name billy valentine just the guys that you'll just kind of try something with and see yeah. like oh let's just it's like pasta for uh, buck mlb the guy managing could never never get out of his own way 
doing a nope. playoff series. Nope. And you know, he had an unceremoniously like disappearance in Baltimore, but I, I yeah. commend him for being like, I don't want to be part of Rio. Well, he's the one who left, uh, was it Ubaldo Jimenez? Yep. Who brought him in to to try and close against the against the uh, the Blue Jays, and then uh, Edwin Encarnacion. I mean, man, what an awful decision. What an awful, awful decision. Well, oh. Remember, C's get degrees, but sometimes you don't want that C student coaching or managing your MLB team. Hold on. And, uh, and hold on, let's see. He says, wait, wait, I met, I'm so, I met the 1998 Buffalo Sabres. Okay, so, uh, so Dominic Hasek? Uh, hold on. I, I'm, I'm already in the Diamondbacks uh, rabbit we're hole. Down, wanna, we're down the Diamondbacks. I, I want to go on it. I, wanna, I just want to see who was on this roster. Because I'm sure mostly, to, to everybody listening, mostly every Tuesdays okay. is when we can go down this rabbit hole. I would okay. I would assume this is their starting lineup. I, I guess it was Kelly Stinnett was their catcher. Uh, Travis Lee. That's oh, I recognize that name at least. Uh, Andy Fox. He was a Marlin. He won a 2003 World Series with us as a bench player. Uh, Jay Bell. I think he was on their championship squad. Matt Williams was on their championship squad. That's a that's a notable name, David Delucci. Gosh, I haven't heard that in a while. Devon White, Gucci wow. Delucci. Yeah, he won a World Series with the Marlins. And <laughs> please don't. I met the Sabers. <laughs> We're. De- I want to know who's on the Diamondbacks first. Hold on. I'll get to the Buffalo Sabers. I especially to the greatness that was Dominic Kashuk. And if you see, uh, if you look at our past episodes, me and Andrew love Dominic Kashuk, uh, who basically. Uh, I had a bad experience with the D-backs 98 home opener. Well then, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, ben Ford, Vladimir Nunez. Oh, he was a former Marlin. He sucked. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Edwin D- Edwin Diaz. Who else is on this? Kareem Garcia. Mm. Uh, as Pedro Martinez. Doesn't recognize the man, but, you know, he had that little rant against him. Yeah, there's a lot of forgettable guys on this team. I I can't even, I don't even recognize the rest of this of this lineup. Let's see, their pitching staff: Omar Dahl, Andy Bennis, Willie Blair. I, I I can't. Yeah, I don't know any of these dudes at all. Well, if that was their first year, it's just gonna be a lot of trash names, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact they turned it around and. Became a playoff. Cont- I mean, sheesh, way to go to spend that money and get get all of those competent players, but and then win a World Series in three seasons. That's a that's a thing. Um, let's see, '98 Buffalo Sabers. Hold on, I'm I'm going down this rabbit hole now. Uh, so yeah, Lindy Ruff. Who, gosh, how long did he coach the Sabers? Like forever, forever. He's um, a good coach, just hasn't. Hasn't won the big one. Uh, let's see. Uh, and yeah, they lost the Stanley Cup Finals to the Dallas Stars in the very controversial moment. Was uh, was uh, Brett Hall in the crease? So. Um, oh yeah, Lindy Ruff. I think, and then he, I think he went to coach the Dallas Stars. I think he was fired. I, I don't think he's with anybody right now. From last I, I checked. I could check uh, as you're doing that. But. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at. Oh, the, he, they say he's the head coach for the Devils. Oh, he's in New Jersey. Okay, all right. I, 
I haven't even noticed. The Devils are a disappointment right now, too. So, um, I was just saying, I'm like, uh, and me and Andrew, we talked about this on the Facebook group as far as John Cooper's job, the, the head coach of the Lightning. I, I honestly believe if the Tampa Bay Lightning lose this series to the Blue Jackets, I believe he's, he's going to get fired. I Well, where did they finish in the standings this year? I know they were number one last year. They're they just were the n- dominant team. Yeah. They were, okay, uh, let's pre-quarantine. Pre-bowl. Pre-quarantine. Yeah, pre-quarantine. <laughs> yeah, 11 a.m. tomorrow, Bruins came, so they, they delayed it to tomorrow, which is, well, it only makes well, sense. They're about to end the fourth yeah. overtime and still nothing. Yeah, this game is going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, they're going to go to midnight. Watch. Watch. Andrew's having a heart <laughs> attack right they're now. They're about to play two games in in one night, essentially. Oh, um, yeah. All right, so what was I? Um, Going down Lindy Ruff. Well, well actually, they already did You were it. saying that the lightning. Second overtime, triple overtime. They're in the third game. They're in the third a, th- a third game right now. They're going to be uh, so sore when the next game comes out. Oh, yeah, that's, it's going to be awful. Um, so, was it? What was it? Oh, yeah, John Cooper. Yeah, he's going to get fired if he if he doesn't win this series. Well, it's, it's, a, it's the same thing I was saying about Dave Roberts before we found out about the trash situation because all he mm-hmm. kept losing was the World Series. Now I mean, there's Andrew a reason says why. that if they go seven games and it's like, you yeah, know, you fire him. quintuple overtime, it still doesn't matter. They still they still should beat the Blue Jackets. They, they, they still can, should. On they, paper, could, they, should. they could lose because of a controversy, and they, they should still probably fire him. Because sometimes yeah. you have to demand excellence out of a coach. That's what he's there for. It's, it's just the thing is, the Lightning have had this window open for, let's say, two, since I mean, 2015. They made the Stanley Cup Finals and lost. This is essentially semi-different team than that was. But still, they're, this is it. I mean, this window doesn't stay open for a long time. I... Um, I don't know. There's there's gonna be some some hard choices, that's for sure. Uh, and they have Peter Law. I like I told him Peter Lavulette. He won the Stanley Cup in Carolina. He made the finals with the Flyers. He made the finals with the Predators. So he's got a track record of of getting there and at the very least winning the damn thing. And John Cooper has you know he got there. I think his first season with Tampa and then. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, they got they got they got bulldozed by the, the the end of the Blackhawks dynasty, but still, still, where have they been since? I mean, they had the best regular season of all time, and then got knocked out the first round, and you might just get knocked out again by this team. So, uh, his he, yeah, his job's on the line, dude. It is. Some coaches just shouldn't coach the team. That's what it is. Like uh, for us, it's not that he shouldn't coach. He's a good coach. Uh, I, I, he made us. But they're you know, not he, meant for that he, team. He, he he coached at Syracuse, their AHL team for a while. He he's made it up the ranks, but there is only so much that can be done unless unless the Lightning want to do uh, Lindy Ruff because he was with the Sabers for so long, or if uh, um, or if uh, I mean, sheesh. Uh, Barry Trotz with, was with the Predators from like their inception to, I, I forgot when, 2013, 2012, or whatever. Um, but that's so rare in the NHL for a coach, even a Stanley Cup winning coach, 
to last long well, uh, coaching if, that if, team. If you guys fire Quinnenville on the idea of a new rebuild of the GM where he just retires, retires in quotation I, fingers. I mean, he could retire. I mean, he's already done everything that he could do as a coach. He, there's there's nothing more he could do, but there's nothing more to win. There's nothing more to gain. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's he's uh, he's got three Stanley Cups. It's right now. It's just basically, does he feel like coaching? And if he does, then he can go to wherever the hell he wants. If he wants to go to Seattle and enjoy himself up there, you know, listen to some grunge and have some coffee and I don't know, hang out with Bill Gates. Go ahead. But, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's how I feel about John Cooper. That, that's an aside, I and mean, we'll see what we'll see whenever this game ends. Really, the Marlins aren't doing so hot right now. Yankees are doing great. I think it's oh like yeah, eight to zero. Yeah, yeah, good job. At the very least, the Braves won't get a win today, so the Marlins will, I think, still stay in first place, which is surprising. But uh, they need to get some. Some hitting going, because uh, I mean it's hard. I, I don't know. I mean half the team is still out, so the Phillies and the and the Orioles are three three. So I hope the Baltimore gets a a handle of things and they've kind of improved a lot more than what I thought they were doing through the season. Honestly, I know it's very early, but here's the thing: with such a short season, even if it's early, it means it's still you know within the time duration to appreciate them. Uh, an, another thing I, I wanted to mention. So the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Oh God. <laughs> what? What? What an absolutely awful travesty of a team. Oh my God! Just terrible. To have so much. They have uh, Anthony Rendon. He's not hitting. Oh yeah, he's not hitting. He oh, got so bad. He got paid. Oh. He's got his World Series ring. He got paid. He's set. He is set. He lives out in Disney World. What or Disneyland, sorry. What more does he need? What more does he need to prove? Alright? You gave him your you gave him his money. He's set. There's nothing more he could do. A- Anthony Rendon stats. Just so we can kind of like talk about it so people are trying to figure out why it matters for the amount of money that he got paid on the program. Oh yeah, was it his... Troy Total War saga? I think Oh, oh yeah, so was it I think you Troy Total War. What I think on the Epic Game Store, I think because you know on the Epic Game Store, I don't know if you you've been following them. They like they're giving out games for free. Yeah, they're bringing people in. So that's how they're doing it. So uh, August thirteenth, twenty four hours, you can get the game for free and own it forever on the Epic Game Store. If uh, if you want another you know client on your computer, eating up your your RAM and CPU. You got to use that solid state drive for a reason. So this man who got paid ass load of money, excuse my French, is batting average at the moment, 143. We're on Jose Altuve level, right? He's actually probably hitting worse. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I just want to say, uh, I, didn't re- I didn't read Ice Cube's comment. I really thought I threw you guys a curveball with the 98 Sabres. Hey, listen, guy. There's three of us, all right? We all have our, we all have our, our little niches. Uh, Charles is a wrestling guru, and we're going to get to that. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. If you love wrestling, you stick around for that. All right? We always end the show on Charles' wrestling takes, and they're good, and I love them. Uh, Andrew is our college football guy. He is in college football media. 
he uh, he has press passes. I'm in the hockey media. I have press pass as well. SB Nation, NHL. So I've covered NHL games. I've done press conferences. Um, you know, met with players, met with coaches. So um, yeah, the, the thing about Dale, I mean, Dale Talent is no longer the GM of the Panthers. He's a nice guy. Of course, he's Canadian. So, of course, he's a nice guy. But it's not that. It's just things weren't working out, you know? Just it's things not you, don't it's work me. out eventually. And things aren't working out in Anaheim. Just to segue back into the conversation that we were just having. Seven years, $245 million, And right now, on the prorated, I don't even want to do the math. It's not what we're employed for. But still, he's hitting, what, 148, 143 with just two home runs yeah. and six RBIs. Ugh. And mm. here's the thing. We knew he was getting overpaid. It's not as if Anthony Rendon was just the transcendent baseball player when he was in Washington. Just it was just a contract year. Yeah, it was it was a contract year, and he was the only guy they kind of had because anybody, everybody only knew about Juan Soto during the playoffs because they got touted. That was his coming out 20-year-old. Yeah, he's a 20-year-old. He's doing this and this and this. Washington was known for really what? Bryce Harper and who else? The pitching. Scherzer, yeah. uh, Strasburg. Everybody else that they kind of lined up in there. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the people. Mark Melikon, I think, was there for a bit as a because uh, let's Sean see, before Doolittle. the 2019 season, Washington, the people thought they would contend at least get one of the wild card spots, which they did, which they did, but uh, they thought, okay, they're gonna they lost Harper. That's a huge blow. They didn't know how it would go, and if you know, if we saw they had like a one percent chance of winning the World Series at one point during the season. And then, of course, then everything turned around, and boom, they were they defeat the Dirt and Stinking Liars in Houston, yeah. and so, and you know, in hindsight now, looking back, they were the heroes that we needed. Completely, they said, and "Hey, the heroes we don't, that we, we deserved." We don't need trash cans. Mother Nature will take care of it. Oh, the yeah. universe takes out its own trash, and they took but out the uh, Astros Rendon themselves. had himself a career. Yeah, he came up big in the playoffs. He was the guy. He basically stepped into the shoes of Harper, him and Soto. They replaced Bryce Harper in a sense. So uh, he gets paid. The man gets paid. And look, I mean, you could chalk it up to, you know, 60-game season, maybe over the course of 162. He'll get right back at it. But this is just another in the line of Los Angeles, Anaheim, whatever you want to call them, Angels transactions of getting big name free agents that just don't work out well, why and the problem because that's life right bad management and expectations it's just it they don't know how to build a team well, because here's the thing there's not a pitcher there and the pitcher there you go. Your, your biggest spotlight was Shohei otani and you realize he can't throw anymore lasted officially two Real seasons, he didn't really pitch last year with the Tommy John when he came back. So yep. really you had one whole season of him being this two-way star. And I like Shohei, but I also believe that just some guys can't do it all the way that the game demands it. And he, yeah, it's been out there right now where, um, where Joe Man's like, yeah, we're not going to have him do any pitching this year because he couldn't record a single strikeout yeah. at all. And that's kind of embarrassing. And maybe it's the speed of the game. Maybe if his body's breaking down. But here's the thing about baseball. It's not like basketball where your body betrays you and you have to learn different ways to play. We can all be Sean Marion's, right? Um, 
there's no adaptability. It's baseball. It's like, all right, if you're a pitcher and you're going to be putting a lot of stress on those ligaments in your elbows and your forearms and your arms, your biceps and triceps, what else can we do for you, right? We just have to take away that dimension. And really, I think what just affects him is just his payday, but that's just me. But they'll pay him anyway, but they don't have no pitching. I don't know who their starting pitchers are. I'm they, pl- that's the issue with that. They don't have starting pitching. Yeah. I, I can't name a starter on their team. I, I can't. I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole a little bit. I know. Yeah, let's see what. Bit, I mean, oh, I don't. I honestly, I, I don't know the makeup of their starting pitching. I'm gonna tell I you really who, who they are because it's 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 such a lackluster team. Because usually, good teams, even though they have their face of the franchise, invite you to want to know more about them. There you was, would agree uh, with me. Right? Let's see. I, I forgot who did. I think it was at Stark Raving Sports or. I, I forgot or I, I, oh gosh, it's, I'm blanking on the other. Um, other baseball YouTube pages that I follow, but uh, they did a look at the last 20 World Series champions. Yeah. And the strength of each of those teams. And for the most part, starting pitching is like what you really need in order to win a World Series. I've been telling you guys that for It's either starting pitching or just an absolute monster of an offense. Uh, All right. And and rarely it's like a great bullpen or anything like that, but because um, like I think the Royals were like the one team that was like their bullpen was just amazing. Like once you got to the bullpen, the game was over. Um, but just think back in the the last World Series champions. I mean, the Nationals, Scherzer and Strasburg. Uh, Twenty eighteen uh, was it the Red Sox? Who was it? Uh, you had Chris Sale, Chris Sale, David Price. I mean, I can name guys. 2017, we don't count. Um, 2016. But if we did. Uh, okay, Verlander. Uh, Verlander, uh, who else was on that? Uh, Dallas Keuchel was on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just guys that you knew could could uh, could throw down. 2016, the Cubs, they had John Lester. I think Jake Arrieta on that team too. Uh, 2015, the, the uh, well, that was one of the few ones for the, for the Royals. Um, Johnny Cueto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Cueto was yeah, on that they, team. That's they, right. Because he was the missing piece of that puzzle. That's right. He and was. That's when, so Cueto, that was Cueto four years ago. So he's probably 30, 29, about and exiting his prime. He's doing nothing in San Fran right yeah. now. But San Fran's a, a nothing. I mean, he's got his championship. Point. He's good. He's, he's you know, he's living out the, the rest of his career there. So it's, it's a so rebuilding team. Teach I know guys. one starting pitcher on this team, and I only know him because it's Julio Tehran. And that's when he was in oh. Atlanta. Yeah. Everybody else, Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, Patrick Sandoval. I kind of know Sandoval because his name's kind of come up a little bit. But yeah. these are not guys that kind of inspire much. Yep. So, so it's just ew, right? And you've yeah. already invested so much money that you could – you've invested money in two players and Albert Pujols is what, remaining final year, that you yeah. could not probably – aging like a, like a fine – moldy bread yeah i wouldn't even say he's moldy bread it's just like scotch it's old scotch you know it's supposed to be better quality but when you drink it your face is sucking a little bit yeah um because here's the thing with between those three guys you don't really have that money with the luxury tax and want to try to get a high price pitcher you can't because the market got reset with garrett cole but he's on a different level of pitching um and they tried for him too remember they did i just don't know how they would be able to afford it when you think about it the mega contract you give to trout because um, that's basically averaging out to 43 mil a year, and that's pretty much guaranteed. I mean, but 
now from now in hindsight they probably should have added those extra years or dollars to to coal to entice them back to or out to california because uh sheesh i'm at garrett cole how many victories does he have with the yankees right now i'm sure. he's got three he always right. flirts with the Just, idea that he's the ages are six away. and eleven oh. right now so yeah. okay nine and and what, here's the thing too nine and eight right now you know whatever yeah. at the very least they're there contending they're be better than the Astros. Well, so. that's the thing too. The AL West for the first time in years is really open because I can't be declaratively saying that one team's better than the other. They all kind of suck, except for Oakland because Oakland well, is angry. Oakland is angry because they. I mean, Oakland is always a team. You know, every five years they're they're back. You know, they always come back. Billy B, Moneyball, they, whatever. They look like they're like here for another two more years but the thing is they've already kind of exhausted their window what they're usually here for because they've already been here for two prior years yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see. i mean the a's once again you know they have like a two or three year window where they're good and they have to win or else until you know when they have to do the cycle all over again and it's kind of funny we have the a's in the background while we're talking about this and you got jason giabe who was part of one of the several cycles of the a's being good and and then uh resetting and Letting you all mean, their players walk. You mean juicing cycles? Because that's also appropriate, that's too. That's a different cycle. <laughs> all right. That's a different cycle. You know, kind of like the least favorite free agent prize for the Yankees was Giambi. He never really kind of, like, yeah. went my whistle in that sense. He, you know, in a way, no it's championship. Just that's the thing. No championship, but he didn't really kind of seem to fit the mentality. You know, he, he was very it's the plain. Fact that he had to shave his face, you know, and he just Probably. doesn't look normal. With a shave, with a clean, uh, clean shaven, he just does not look normal. I, I think it's just the other people because we already had hitters on that roster. So I, I don't know if you remember old Jason Giambi, like on the, the Rockies must- and and the I Indians. Remember, yeah, I, I just remember with the mustache. Yeah, and, I know. mean that was just a, that was like a sweet Jason Giambi. That was like oh, you know. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, with us, we had Gary, we had Hideki, we had all those guys who already kind of fill into it. He wasn't the best, like you know, I would feel yeah. defensive guy out there. Some fight me. Some people will because oh hey, what about all the gloves that he got? I'm like I don't care about that. You get all the, you know, all, all the little wars that you want, but there's certain things that you couldn't come up with, right? And he had years where he was just fantastic as an all-star and the run scored, but he, he just never kind of fit. I kind of felt like that would have been money better invested yeah. elsewhere. Don't hate him. Don't love him. It, it's almost like A-Rod if I didn't bring the... Because uh, you know what A-Rod is? A-Rod's not even your stepbrother. A-Rod's your half-brother because he, he did something. And it's exactly like you said, yeah. like no championships, but you're not lying and you're not wrong. Right. Yeah, it's still. I, I I don't know how you. It still doesn't. I mean, just think about it. Just think about the the core guys for the Yankees. You don't think about a Rod. He oh, was there from two thousand four to twenty sixteen. And yet, it it he doesn't. He's like a separate thing. Because a Rod's your half brother, and yeah. the th- the thing is, is like Mama <laughs> got pregnant elsewhere. But like, I acknowledge him with with. Giambi, it's just like, eh, and I'm, I brought up back his stats. You know, I'm on uh, Baseball Reference. I'm like, man, I forgot that this was the guy who produced double 41 home runs in the season, produced 32, MVP. 37. Because there was just so much other stuff going on on that team. Like his uh, best year, 
would arguably I would say it's 2003, but on that roster it was still Jeter being Jeter. You know, because that's when we uh, end up playing you guys, and he wasn't even our best player. I think if memory serves oh. me right, he froze Giambi? in the playoffs. Giambi? I think that was the year that we were deciding, hey, should we try to keep Alfonso Soriano if we can? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so Alfonso Soriano, I mean, yeah, you traded him for A-Rod, essentially. So, in 2004, or 2003 offseason. Francisco, can you hear me? I mean, I can hear me. I don't think you can hear me, though, because I'm speaking to you, but I'm not getting... I don't know if it's a connection issue, but can you hear me? You are gone, dude. Okay, he's gone. I think his connection went down. It's not me, because we are still rolling on the show, but that's fine. I'll get I'll get Charles back on the horn. It's okay. Give me a second, folks. I'll, I'll, I'll fill it in. The Marlins are down 4-1. to one, Down to their last three outs against the Blue Jays. They're going to need some sort of wild comeback in order to get back on here. So so let's see. Let me see if I can get Charles back on the horn. We're in second. Give me a second, folks. Because we're going to get to his cage. Can you hear me? Good, sir. Charles? Charles? Hello. What? Charles. Nope, he's gone. All right. Well, I wonder if I could do the cage. Hmm. The the cage with Francisco could could that be a thing? I don't know. I I guess I could do it. Uh, let's see if I could actually do the the intro. Give me a second. Okay. I, I, I've heard him do it like 50 times, and yet I'm blanking on how he does it. Let's see. Good evening, everybody. This is your weekly Trueplex. This is Charles's Cage. As I always say, the disclaimer, wrestling is not script. Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet between two individuals fighting each other, hand-to-hand combat. At, ah, I am blanking on the rest of it. But uh, I'll see what Charles's grade is for me if he's hearing this. So give me a second and see if I can get back on here with good old C. Rutherford Charles. <clears throat> Hello? Hello. All right. He is back. W- would not be Sports Goose without a goof, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I did we your were... intro for you because we were oh, in you... the cage. Oh, uh, did, did you say it almost word for word? Line uh, for I line? think I got pretty close. I went like, uh, let's see. Good evening, everybody. This is Charles with your weekly Trueplex. Once again, disclaimer: wrestling is not is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet between two individuals. And I I blank from there. Okay, so I'll, I'll continue it. As Francis <laughs> said, welcome to the weekly Trueplex. You know, the cage with Charles. All those things aside and said, wrestling, you know, it's about man and woman chasing titles, getting revenge, chasing for glory, and trying to establish a name for themselves. A lot of stuff going on. We've kind of talked about it last week when I said how everything's bad and I hate it. I still kind of hate it. And everything's yeah. still bad. Doomsday. But there's certain New things. New Japan was awful. Yeah, it was truly evil in the worst way, but it's encouraging a little bit. New Japan, since we're going to go to New Japan, let's talk about it. They crowned the new never open weight uh, three man tag champions. 
uh, going there. So that's the idea. You know how there's tag teams where there's two guys? Well, three men is three men coming into it. So it's Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and then oh, I blank on the other one because there's a lot of Japanese names and guys. Oh, it's ho- as hold on, hard. Uh, Charles, just a, a quick little update on our, on our good buddy Andrew. He is. Uh, he tweeted out about an hour ago. It is not being. It is not fun being a Bolts fan at the moment. <laughs> it, they are Perfect. in quintuple overtime, and we're almost halfway through that quintuple overtime, and it's still two two. Ah, well, you know, every everybody has to kind of build themselves into it, and then I correct myself. It's the never open weight six man tag team championships. I just think three man because three men represent it. But Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi of the Chaos Stable defeat their own uh, stable mates of uh, Kazuka Okada and the rest of their boys to decl- to claim it. Originally, those titles were held by Los Ingobernables de Japón, including. Bushi, Sonata, and Evil, but of course when Evil went heel, or it was a Shingo Takai, but when Evil went heel, he vacated those titles and he joined the Bullet Club. Um, Summer Struggle's still going on. They've announced that they're going to do the K-POW tournament, so the King of Pro Wrestling is what they call it. Really kind of weird to have that be like a tournament title, because it's not like the King of the Ring um, in the WWE where you would win King of the Ring and just have a moniker being the king for an entire year or so. To give you an example, when Macho Man Randy Savage won it, he became King Macho or the Macho King. When Owen Hart won it, he became the King of Hearts, you know, um, the King of Black Hearts. I always loved that moniker. I was watching some Owen Hart stuff with Bret Hart on the network. You know, fantastic investment time when I don't hate Vince McMahon and I want to reflect back on what good wrestling was. Or, you know, Booker T, when he won King of the Ring, he became King Booker. But... I think the idea of what they said is it's going to be a trophy title that they win and then they'll be able to defend it, but it's not going to have like the championship appeal. So I asked myself, what the hell is it? It's not like being a back-to-back spelling bee champion where you're constantly um, defending it. So if, if it's anything of just being like gangsta squad and just saying, hey, I got some street cred as the best wrestler, then I'm, I'm just going to kind of be into it. And I'm okay with that. Um, Summer Struggle is going to lead up to August 29th match between Evil and Tetsuya Naito to have the rematch. We talked about it uh, last week. And I don't know what the conclusion I want out of this because they don't really kind of do this kind of story to my familiarity that often. And I kind of like it. But I feel like you lose clout and credibility if you have Evil retain um, and beat Naito because now Naito just gets discarded but you ruin Evil's credibility as a champion if he loses both titles I think what you have to do is just abdicate the title the Intercontinental title at least and have him keep the uh, IWGP heavyweight championship that's really all you can do that's what NXT did when Keith Lee was dual champion he recently won the NXT championship at the bash for NXT and he was also the North American champion so he's like hey I'm going to vacate the North American Championship to next string of guys because I'm going to defend this title because being a double champion doesn't really work, Francisco. Hmm. Not when it's two singles titles, in my opinion. I think it really only works if it's a tag team title and then it's a heavyweight title. You have a lot of greats that can kind of manage those two titles. Shawn Michael did it when he was with Diesel. I think he was IC champ and then tag team champion. That's when Diesel was heavyweight champion, Diesel being Kevin Nash, and they had their little tag team titles. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H did it when they were the power trip. Stone Cold was holding the heavyweight championship. Triple H was holding the intercontinental title, and there was the tag team belts that come into it. Um, 
But when you're having dual champions, it leads a bad taste. The most recent one that I can recall that I remember not liking the string of things was Seth Rollins being both WWE champion. This is about, what, 2014? And then having the United States Championship as well. Why? Because wrestling is split into your tiers. Your main event tier, your mid-card tier, and your you know lower card tier. And it's easy to transition, I would feel, from low tier to mid-card, to low card to mid-card. But if you have a champion who's holding something that's really supposed to be the main title, you're kind of degrading him or debasing him a little bit in what he's supposed to be. When you're main event, it's because you're a draw. You bring money. You do all this stuff to contribute. Let's not ruin it. So that's going on there with New Japan. There's some other stuff going to play, but we don't necessarily need to worry about it now. What I will say is my boy Minoru Suzuki is challenging Shingo Takagi for the Never Open Way title. He only had it once. I think he wants another uh, swing at things. I think Minoru should really be challenging for the main title, the IGWP, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, but what do I know? I'm just a dude doing things. What surprised me is me and my buddy were talking about it. I looked at a lot of the, uh, the pro wrestlers there for New Japan. They're old as hell, man. They're very old. I mean, you have your main star like Kazuga Okada. Now, I want to ask you the context of being old in, in wrestling because... Because I mean, from my outsider, you know, standpoint, I, I mean, I, you know, when WWE trots out Goldberg, I'm like, okay, what constitutes as old in wrestling? Well, for Goldberg you? can't wrestle. Goldberg just looks fantastic. That's two different things. For a man who's like oh, 54 okay. years old, he's in good shape. I'm talking about right. guys who actually do more than three moves. Goldberg, and we're gonna say this definitely. Goldberg is just a draw to the. Mid thirties to forties, fifties, yeah. The Nestle, the 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 wrestlers of pure body broadness who doesn't the fans who don't like the flips, slap kicks, you know, everybody's a gamer dweeb um, wrestler, and that really is who we are now. And that's why I work with it so well because I'm giving you. You know what? I'll do a shout out right now. You want to see how uh, wrestlers really are? Go follow Xavier Woods up up down down channel on YouTube real name Austin Creed or Austin Creed's what his handle is and it's just him and the wrestlers playing games they do little segments like this they have the Madden tournaments they have the WWE Universe they do they've done Mario Kart they have Superstar Safe Point I love it because I like seeing a little bit of humanity to my wrestlers why because the reputation of wrestlers of the past is that they're all kind of dicks they're all high on cocaine doing blow before they went to interview with mean Gene Okerlund going crazy and then turns out that they're kind of racist looking at you Hulk Hogan um, but old for wrestling is because the idea is the body kind of breaks down. And mind you, my comparison so there's, with it. Is there like an age group of like, like, you know, in sports, like if you're, you know, you're past 32 years old, you're basically done. When we get to mid forties, I, and here's the thing. Sometimes for wrestlers, not everybody can have the longevity of a 20 year career with the same industry. That's why Randy Orton is a fascinating character because for almost 20 years, he has been with the WWE, has not been released, has not gone off to a new land to create a new character and everything like that. He's just been doing it. But people have this whole perennial saga where you know they'll leave, they'll come back, they'll come back, and there's new iterations that come into it. Undertaker is more of the seminal uh, person that we think about doing it for 30 plus years. It was always the Undertaker. There was that small blip of being the American badass from what 2001 to 2003, 2004. But then he just kind of slowed down. But we're talking about guys who are honestly always in the ring so Minoru Suzuki is like 
53, 54 years old. Wow. And I find him to be very entertaining. He, he's basically Japanese Terry Funk for all intents and purposes. But he's 52 years old, still puts on some quality matches. He had a match with John Moxley, a.k.a. the former Dean Ambrose, the United States Championship, or New Japan's United States Championship. And it's it's a mixture of character. He's still going. Yano, part of Chaos, is like 40. Tetsuya Naito's 37, 36. Kota Ibushi's 38. And they, they have a much more stiff style of wrestling. It's not as... I would call it protective. They take some serious bumps. Bumps meaning like they're not taking spots going through tables. They're just landing on their neck really hard, having hard strikes. It really hurts. Some Hiroishi is like 43 years old. You wonder about how much your body can go. Or maybe it's just in American wrestling. I'm so used to them always getting injured because they're also out there almost 300 days of the week. you got to remember for wrestling, it's not just Monday and Tuesdays. Right now it's Monday and Tuesday. So the wrestlers' bodies must be loving it because it's not terrible. Yeah, they want ACH back. Um, but it's the idea that if um, they're taking a break from the body because they're not just there for the TV shows, they were doing um, weekly live house shows. You know, So they were there in the weird little cities or in Portland or in Tampa when there wasn't TV and they're still going at it. And their body has that wear and tear and always on the grind. So this might be a relief for them to kind of breathe a little bit because wrestling is a little bit of carny. It's a little bit of circus, and circus always has to travel, right? Mm-hmm. Over on Impact, I'm just going to highlight this now, and it might get us banned, but it reminded me of, like, the old <laughs> days. So you have heard of ECW, right? Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yes. One I mean, of the I seminal... remember an N64 video game with that name in it, but yes. Well, but, but you know of it. One of the seminal... Uh, wrestlers, when you think of ECW, you think of Tommy Dreamer, you think of the Deli Boys, and then you think of Rob Van Dam. So Rob Van Dam's still around. He's still killing it. You know, he he was in WWE for a while, then he went to Impact. He is now paired up with Katie Forbes, who just... She she just... I don't know what it is, but she just transfixes me. I, I'm just uh, starstruck by her. She's the queen of twerk. That is her whole gimmick. And... Impact's a little weird because it has the, t- the potential to be very I'm afraid of typing that into the search bar. Well, just if you can type in RVD and um, Katie Forbes and that'll probably get you where it can get you. Are but, you so- effing kidding me? Hold oh, I'm sorry, but the Marlins were down to their last out and uh, Francisco Cervelli just hit a three-run homer to tie the game in the ninth inning. Holy crap. Francisco Cervelli used to be a former Yankee. He was our catcher. He kept getting concussions, but you're welcome. But that's the He's good thing about awesome sports, dude. right? I love him. Don't you I miss? Don't you miss it? Yeah, you. Uh, is he Argentinian or Italian? I can never He's recall. He's Italian, Venezuelan. There you go. But uh. Yes! Oh. He's so happy. Fra- so, so side note for people who are there, Francisco has been in the dumpster dumps for the two years we've been doing for this show about the Marlins. So this is the year where everything was done right. And every time we talk about Jeter... It only Jeter, took our... a global pandemic to do it. Yeah, but every time we talk about Jeter, it's literally our Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> so there is the agenda. And when you have Listen. successes like this, it's going I, to confirm you it. You who saw our Lord and Savior on your team for two-plus decades. I And I told you he was a good hire. I know he was going to be a human meat shield. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the sacrifice. Uh, once again, our Lord and Savior has to make a sacrifice to absolve us of our sins. Yeah. And, and, and Derek, I mean, would, would, you, would you have believed that he would be denied a championship as an executive? Do you, he, you know, he saw how Michael Jordan did it. He knew what not to do. Yeah, well, you got to remember, think bigger. 
you know, not to stray away from wrestling, but wrestling is eternal. Baseball is only for short periods of time. <laughs> Jeter is not looking to be like um, the ownership and you're right the way that. Michael was. Damn right. <laughs> Jeter is looking to be the logo, the Jerry West, the builder, because there will be a point where he sells off his minority stake in the Marlins. People forget Jeter owns like a 10% maybe of the actual team. If yeah. at that, I think it's like he's 4%. just yeah, it's a very small amount. So he's going to just do what a lot of other athletes who did. They're just going to invest their funds, take a paycheck to pay them back what they invested. That's what Magic Johnson did with the Dodgers before uh, you know he was doing stuff with the Lakers. Um, well, he still owns the Dodgers. Does he still have some issues with the Dodgers? There was this one team he had to back out of stake-wise to run them. I'm trying to remember, or maybe I'm getting cross-reference. But um, Jeter's intention is to be like Jerry West to help build these teams and acclaim championships. He was the invite of a Golden State in their yeah, entire run. That's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good way of seeing it. Yeah, that's I mean. always how I saw it. And I thought it was the smartest move for him to do. Um, yeah, because Jerry West said, has his hands on the Lakers, the Clippers. The Warriors. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you notice, every hand he touched, it's like King Midas touched. It was all gold. Yeah. yeah I, I'm certain that if Jerry West wipes himself after he uses the bathroom, his poo-poo is gold. Because he has literally been a – I don't know what he does to contribute, but he does something right. Because they've always kind of been quiet on what he's done recently at least. But if it's the idea of if, – even if he's just the player whisperer, if they have that one cup of tea – because I imagine Jerry West drinking tea – <laughs> Sitting to Kevin Durant, like, hey, you want this? Come on, Glenn. You know, Glenn Jacobs gonna you know, the Jacobs family gonna play you. It's fine. Just, just join here. But Jerry West. So that's why I figured Jeter would be. Um, yep. You know who is not Derek Jeter? Rob Van Dam, Katie Ford. There we go. Let's yeah. Let's so get back to it. <laughs> she, Eddie Edwards is gonna defend his title. Or they were gonna I, I, do something. I, once with again, Dan I said Callahan. I was afraid to put in the Queen of Twerk in the in the search bar here. No, no, you put in Katie Forbes. You, you don't do Queen of Turk. But, like, and I've, I've kind of seen about her, but, like, there was just something about So Rob Van Dam just interrupts Sammy Callahan, hits him with a chair, and then out comes Katie Forbes just kicking him and then just, like, twerking on him. And I'm just thinking about ECW. And wrestling is weird sometimes because it could be all those things, but wrestling is about entertainment. And I was thoroughly entertained that she's kind of, like, taking these, um, this approach with it. And I, I just don't know. It just it just cracks me up. Forbes, F-O-R-B-S. I actually yeah. prepped for this a little bit to kind of uh, go for it because I, I don't usually talk enough about impact, but my disdain for WWE is so strong right now that I'll talk about anything outside of it. Yeah. Um, so she's just twerking, man. Outside of other impact, Motor City Machine Guns are your impact tag team champions. The Good Brothers, formerly known as the club, Gallows and Anderson are going to be overtaking that for sure. Um, Impact's just having a good time right now. I think they realize they could be the alternate of what they want to do and what they can be. Ring of Honor's coming back with live tapings. They need it because they were probably the ones financially uh, uh, hit the most. Now, because uh, I, I don't know what you would, what would be the equivalent of Impact as a promo? Like to to me, if you're talking to me, like what what are they like in video game terms? I don't know what you'd oh, say. Man, you see, it's kind of. Like, as far back? as, like, series or, or, or consoles, whatever, like, like, what would be Impact? Are they, like, the Nintendo? I have no idea. Oof, Where it's man. like, you know, it's only... just not, It's just not good quality. All right, how do I want to say this? But Impact's kind of becoming that guilty uh, pleasure reality TV or that trash TV. Oh, okay. It, so it, like... it might become, like, 90 Day Fiance kind of feel. <laughs> like TLC. 
Yeah, yeah, because it's just kind of blown up, but in a good way. Because they got a lot of the cast-offs from the WWE when all those people were fired. Because they got EC3, they got the Good Bros, they got Heath Slater, um, they got uh, Deanna Perrazzo, who's now your Impact World uh, Champion, or your Knockouts World Champion. Oh my god, I bet Andrew's feeling good right now. (laughs) So much has happened at the end of the show. Oh my god, 10 minutes and 27 seconds into the fifth overtime. And Braden Point with a wrister to get the Lightning a 3-2 victory. Yeah, and good on them. Still, and, you know, The Yankees are still ahead, but they don't want to lose that lead because they've been blowing stuff lately. I don't know why, because we've always been known for having a good bullpen. If they blow an eight-run lead, I'd, I'd kill them. I, I would kill them too. No. Don't mess with me. You know, I don't know what happened. Jordan Montgomery let some stuff out, but David Hale's not doing some good stuff. But bringing it back, Impact is just kind of becoming that nine-day fiancé. To the main stuff, Ring of Honor's coming back for TV tapings. I don't even know where the hell they left off last time. I know Roosh is your Ring of Honor champion. Good luck, because I, I don't know if he's living in Mexico or if he's stateside, so I don't know how they're doing with borders. If they vacate that title, what have you, I'll skip them for a second. WWE, AEW, SummerSlam, WWE, next Sunday, coming into it. Um, there's, a, there's a card building up. It could be interesting. You have Fiend versus Braun Strowman. You have Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre, which has just been delicious. Last night's main event of Raw. It was a terrible Raw. I skipped it. But you had Randy Orton versus uh, Kevin Owens last night, and I felt it was a good win for Randy Orton. It was a better loss for Kevin Owens to re-solidify him back in the main event card because he's been floating around doing nothing. Randy Orton just like attacked Ric Flair. Poor 7-something-year-old Ric Flair who looks like a turkey with a mouth and blonde hair. Um... Low blows him, punts him, really solidifies Randy as like the top heel in the business. And I, I, I gotta tell you, you gotta take the title off of Drew. You gotta put it on Randy. I don't know who he would feud with aside from Drew after because we don't know when guys could become available again. There's been rumors of a draft, so there's gonna be a roster shakeup between Raw and SmackDown again. But you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it because you gotta put the title on the person where it's most hot. People will want to see it. They want to see Randy make people over. Um, so that was a big ups going into it. Oscar versus Bailey or Oscar versus Sasha Banks. I don't know which one I want more. Oscar defeated Bailey last night to get a shot at Sasha Banks' Raw Women's title. I'm kind of sick of the women's division, not because it's not good, but two women hold four titles. Bailey has a SmackDown Women's title and the Women's Tag Team title. Sasha has the Raw's Women's title and is also the Tag Team Champion. It's not working. Either unify the titles completely and let there be one Queen of the Mountain or break it up and go from there. Uh, Randy attacking Rick was just interesting too because Rick Flair will just be like, just do whatever you got to do. I got to take this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it helps because there's history between Randy and Rick from Evolution and all this stuff. And his whole thing with Rick is just like, you made me do this. You made me have the match with this guy I didn't want. How dare you get in my way? So it makes the guy who's already a heel even more heel. And I like it because everybody loves Rick Flair, right? Some people don't like him and they're wrong. Um, <laughs> NXT still good. But, Francisco, for the first time, I watched more of AEW than I did of NXT. I know. Shocker, right? Oh. Usually it's the other way around. It's just, and Cody Rhodes, if you're hearing, man, come on the show. I would love to talk to you. I tweet you out every now and then. Not really. I reply to your tweets or I heart your tweets. But, um. Uh, hold, hold on, Charles. You're coming a little scratchy right now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but you're getting I, a little, I don't know, there's some sort of uh, interference. I was, probably getting, chin? Oh, no, no. I was probably getting emotional, tearing oh. up a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I, was, I was probably doing something. But AEW just had a better card because one of the things that NXT, and you know NXT's always kind of been my prodigal baby, 
it's Triple H's mindset. But one of the things that strayed me away from watching it and I watched AEW was I knew the main event was going to be kind of fishy. No pun intended to one of the wrestlers who was in the main event, Bobby Fish. It was Undisputed Era versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. <laughs> hold on. Uh, hold on. I don't know if you Tell see the, uh, the screen here of the, I, on, on Twitter. I oh, I see the screen, but is that Ray Phoenix? Yeah, but I just the 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 tweet from this guy Ryan Satin was that a roach crawling behind Ryan Phoenix on AEW Dark this week? That was a rat. It was. So that is a roach. First off, Ray Phoenix should not be. Are they still doing that thing outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium? Is that where they're still at? I believe they're working next to it. Okay, so they use that stadium for the stadium. Probably the arena next to it because everything's kind of around there. Yeah, side note, Ray Phoenix should never be doing Dark. The man is gifted. you got to put him more into storylines. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so NXT, their main event was Undisputed Era with versus Imperium. Undisputed Era has Adam Cole. Adam Cole had that whole kayfabe arguing with Pat McAfee. And I sent you and Andrew yes. the link of it, of him punting Adam Cole, making it seem like a knockdown. Good Adam Cole for like selling it, because it was just a kick, if anything like that. But... I knew the main event was going to be screwy because I know they were going to kind of further it. And it's not that I don't want it in my NXT. I just don't want to see Pat McAfee wrestle in a match. I'd rather have McAfee be a hype man or a manager for a new talent that Cole is going to put over before he gets called up. So it's just on my cup of tea. Instead, I watched the main event, which was John Moxley defending the title against Darby Allen. And Moxley has been a victim of circumstances. Pandemic has not been kind to him. His defenses have been kind of like listless. We, you and I, watched the Jake Hager uh, match that they had on Dynamite. It went on 30 minutes too long. It wasn't good. This Darby Allen match was very good, though. The promo cut by Moxley was very good, saying, "Hey, I basically don't want to kill you, but when I tell you to tap, you tap out." So there was good storytelling. Darby Allen has a star. He's just a little bit smaller in size, but he has that ferocious intensity about him. This, this, I think this uh, adds to some of your frustrations with a certain Vincent McMahon. The kick? No, 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 no. He, yes, John Moxley having... spoke on the pressures of cutting a WWE promo. Oh, yeah. Like, if you want to hear how Vince is, is you talk to the former wrestlers. Some guys work unscripted. Some guys work bullet points. And then you have to uh, – Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper, has a great way of explaining it. You're with an audience of one. Everybody can agree with you in creative. Everybody can agree with you in the developmental. And if one guy doesn't like you, it's over. Brody Lee is a six foot six, well-spoken man from Rochester, New York. He was part of the Wyatt family. They have that whole swampy, true detective vibes from Louisiana thing kind of going on, right? Yeah. It works for Bray. It works for uh, Braun Strowman because he's from Texas, I believe. Luke yeah. Harper is from fucking Rochester. So... Vince hated him because yeah, he cannot kinda... do a southern accent. Yeah, The guy that's... can go in the ring but couldn't propel it because Vince is kind of stuck in an in, in identity of an iconic class of a man who thought everything's funny in the 80s. You got to remember, wrestling has very one-dimensional characters. Side note, rest in peace, uh, Kamala, but um, the Uganda giant. But, you know, it's very, like, literal because when I say yeah, it's a carny, it's because Vince he, treats it like a carny. I saw that. You know? Yeah, it's, you know, we all bring it back, right? Um, but for wrestlers, part of the issue, though, is a lot of the wrestlers, they come from the indies. It's not as if before AEW came around, there was this big explosion of what entertainment wrestling would look like. And I say entertainment wrestling, meaning actual sponsors that isn't, um, you know, mom's local pub shop, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's your, now I want to get one that doesn't sound like Legos because it's not appropriate, but it's your KFCs, right? 
the PG yeah. era we get because now you're a business. You know, yeah. when you're in the indies, you're an independent contractor as a wrestler. Now we're talking about an organization where you have to fill in three hours. And is three hours wrestling too much? Yes. But when you have a roster of like 60 people, it's fine, right? Yeah. It's just sometimes we don't go for promos, stuff like that. But Moxley, I think he his resentment comes in is that he had the goofy shtick about him and it sticks on you. And that's the thing about Vince. First impressions matter. So if you seem kind of goofy and he was the lunatic fringe, it's going to stay. It even kind of transitioned a little bit to the AEW stuff. So the main event between him and Darby was very good. The 12-man tag team match with the FTR and the Elite versus the Dark Order was entertaining. Um, this week should be good, too. I'm going to watch again. Cody is going to be defending his TNT championship against Scorpio Sky. I actually think Scorpio Sky is going to win because... Uh, Scorpio Sky is your mid-card guy. Cody, for all intents and purposes, aside from being the boss, has that main card feel. Other things, MJF is a gift. He's the one that I sent you the promo on when he was doing the State of Wrestling because he's challenging Moxley. So not only is he saying, hey, I'm challenging Moxley in All Out, he, uh, or is it Double Nothing? No, it's All Out. He interfered in their title match between him and Darby Allin. So he came in the ring, hit Moxley with his championship belt, to help Darby win. Not because he likes Darby, it's because he has said, hey, I declare that I can win that title easier against Darby Allen than I could against you. That's some good storytelling one-on-one. Do I think MJF's going to be the guy who wins it? Yes. Because it's just that time. He is the actual AEW bread brand that comes in. Moxley comes from WWE. Chris Jericho, WWE. Those are your two past and only AEW championships. Cody Rhodes, TNT Championship. WWE, SCU was your tag champions, but now it's um, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. But those are guys who are just kind of already known, established outside of the ring. SCU was known in Ring of Honor. SCU was known in the other grounds in the Indies. MJF, he was in Major League Wrestling and some independent stuff. This is the perfect opportunity to put a title oh, on a young 23-year-old. Two-run home run. Logan Forsythe for the Marlins. They're up 6-4 to four in the extra innings. Who cares if there's a runner on second base automatically when you hit a two-run home run? This is the most excited I've seen Francisco or heard for Francisco baseball? about in baseball in a, yeah. in a long time. In a long time. Here's the thing. Guys, in law school, he didn't really wear his Yankee – or not his Yankee, his Marlins stuff. Yeah, it was always – I mean, they were, they were the – they were. that was like the one season the Panthers were just – absolutely amazing second best record of the eastern conference i mean it looked like we were going for the cup and then then, uh you know yeah and then the fire nation intact but uh to to, to leave it to leave it on the wrestling field i'm surprised that we went over if anybody wants to watch avatar from start to finish i know i am at the finales the final six episodes they combined Mm -hmm. it onto um onto like one big movie and the problem is this is why i hate binging because at some point i just stop i just walk away oh, no. and i, I probably walked right. away at the worst time oh no it might go back it might be foul oh oof. poor poor francisco but you know oh. what has not been foul aw over nxt man i'm just as shocked and that's all i got for you the cage tune in next week on that segment because it's only going to intensify with SummerSlam being around the corner they finalize the build francisco tell me your tell me your thoughts oh, this is the panthers of 2016 all over again <laughs> oh god i'm sorry dude uh what, what you're was good it? What was the i find it i find it intriguing how are you feeling over there uh it was just like i, I just saw a two-run home run and, it was, and now it's gone uh yeah. all right uh what, what was the question i'm sorry 
Oh, just how you feel in there. I've already ended the cage segment because, you know, the ball went out of the cage. You know what's not foul? AEW right now over NXT, which is insane because uh, I was I was having that romance for a bit with it. But even I can tell out, quality. So. Oof. That's the complete Oof. opposite of a home run. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll – uh, uh, my, my emotions are all over the place. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think you might need it, Brad. I think you might need it. Okay. Thank you, everybody, well, for listening to Sports Cubes. Francisco's going to go cry in the corner now. Oh, the game's not over yet. This might go several thousand innings. Uh, just like the Lightning Jackets so, game over time. So I guess this could have been an opportunity. We'll leave it at this. With the quarantine, We maybe they should have thought, if they had this whole thing of limited innings with the doubleheaders, which I absolutely hate, mind you, because just when we were about to get to that nasty Phillies rotation and smash them, we had to lose and concede and the same thing with the Rays. I kind of felt like they could have done something with extra innings and just like done something with it or maybe introduce a tie since other sports have ties. Uh, I, I, I don't like this ties. Was, I don't I, want ties either. I'd rather but some sort experiment. of conclusion to the game. There's a guy on second automatically. That's fine enough for me. Look, a double, I mean, there's a already one a home run. You know? Yeah, I can uh, work with that. Don't you love baseball being back? I do, I do. Especially when your team is actually doing things. Oh yeah, well, welcome to the club. Yeah, Lo well. siento. All right, all right, Charles. We're at two and a half hours here, which is longer than we normally do go. But hey, man, it was an interesting show. It was fun. We talked about everything: food, video games, hockey. A lot of hockey. hockey Good yeah, information. Hockey, hockey. Which I was. It was nice to, to talk about that and. uh and uh, yeah, and thanks to Troy, Total War Saga, and the Elder Scrolls Online. I've never played it. Actually, it's not that I've never played an Elder Scrolls game. I've never bought one. So I've played some back in the Blockbuster days. Yeah. Thank it, you, Ice Cube 2000, for the 98 Diamondbacks uh, rabbit hole, even though he intended 98 Sabres. And we held our own on that one, too. So well, well, well. Tell your friends. All right. Tell, t- t- tell your mom about me. Yeah. All right, dude. I'm out. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Ball. Ball four. That's a walk. Now stepping up to the plate, Darren Erstead. With everyone expecting a bunt here, will he swing away? Oh, and one is the count.